Hey, everybody. It's Saturday, June 6th, 2020. And this episode of the podcast is incredibly important to me. But if I'm being completely honest, it's one that I am incredibly nervous about because there's a lot that I want to say. There's a lot that I want to say right. There's a lot that I feel like I don't even have the right to say. There's a lot that I feel like, what gives me the right to talk about this? You know, the word, uh, the word privilege is a word that I've come to, uh, I've come to despise that word. Because if I'm being completely honest with you, and I just want to let you guys know, there's probably going to be more than than usual. There's probably going to be a lot of silence in this opening. Because this is a this is a time that is not new, unfortunately. This is a time that has existed. And even more unfortunately, will continue to exist for however long. But the word privilege, I've come to really hate because there should be no privilege. No one should be privileged because of a skin color, because of who you are versus who someone else is. Um, you know, I want to I want to share a story here first and foremost and then we're going to get into the real point of this episode which is for me to as much as possible sit back and give this platform to other people who don't have a podcast or who may have a podcast I don't know but who who want to talk who want their voices heard I want to give them that ability that's why I'm doing this because every single voice matters. It does. Every voice matters because every voice is a building block to making a greater good, making a, making a difference. And this is something that if I'm being completely honest with you, I just, in my head, I went back and said to myself, not out loud, but to myself, all voices matter. Okay. That sounds right. You know, we're all walking, we're not walking on eggshells. We're not walking on eggshells. What we're walking on, and also this episode is going to be pretty void, I think, of comedy. You know, if you're familiar with my podcast, my podcast is this thing that I really value because it provides, I hope, entertainment, laughs, relief, some form of an education. <laughs> but I think this episode is going to be pretty pretty laughless because there's there's not a lot to laugh about right now. Um, but we're not walking on eggshells. What we're walking on are Lego pieces. They hurt in general. They really do. It's not fun to walk on Legos. But then, of course, you you come across that one that's just standing a little bit differently. That's just a little bit in more of an upright position. And... Uh, that one really hurts. So that's what we're walking on right now. But 
the story that I want to share with you guys, and the person will remain nameless, but uh, her and I were having a, a discussion not that long ago, and uh, this is, the reason I'm sharing this is because of a few reasons, not just one, but uh, one was because I was, I was ignorant. I was. I'm coming clean. I was ignorant to what I said, and we were talking about everything that's going on right now. And uh, she, you know, brought up the, uh, the quote, all lives matter and why it's not, it's not true. And me being me, who I, you know, I know I'm a good person. I know I'm a good person. I know if I see injustice, I, you know, I want to believe I'll stand up for it. I want to believe I'll do the right thing because I feel it. And so when she said that, you know, I said, well, all lives do matter. And it took her aback. And we had a little more of a discussion. And it culminated in her grabbing her stuff. She was over at my house. She grabbed her stuff and she left. She told me she was leaving. Of course, I followed her out. I said, please come back in. Don't, don't, you know, don't leave. I want to talk to you. But she was... She was she was hurt, and uh, I didn't understand it in that moment. And, uh, you know, a few days later, we talked again, and in that time from when she left to the few days later where we talked again, I did my, I did my research that I failed to do, and... Uh, came to realize that the the saying all lives matter like she said is not true and it's not this is again this is where we're walking on lego pieces here because something that i really appreciate is and i saved it here on my phone so i'm going to pull it up here but something that i found out was through barack obama and barack obama was commenting on that saying and why he understands why people say it. And he understands that there is good intention behind it um, to be a human and say something like that. But then he also clarified why it's wrong and why it's not true. And I really appreciated finding that post. And I really appreciate this post that um, someone that I will be calling today uh, shared. And I just want to read it to you guys. For... My all lives matter, folks. When the Boston Marathon was bombed, everybody's profile picture said, Boston strong. Nobody said, all cities are strong. When Las Vegas, when the Las Vegas shooting happened, people changed their profiles to stand with Vegas. Nobody said, well, what about the people that got shot in my city? Have you ever seen someone counter a breast cancer post with, what about colon cancer? But for some reason, if someone says black lives matter, it turns into all-inclusive, all lives matter. It's not an either or proclamation. When there's a crisis, we have always rallied around that particular group. It doesn't discredit or diminish any other group. It just brings awareness and support to the group that needs attention. And I think that's a beautiful way of putting it. And I was ignorant to that. Um... The other reason I'm bringing this up is because I've I've heard of a lot of people that during this time are 
shunning, unfriending in the social media age we live in, dropping, walking away from people that are ill-informed. And I was one of those ill-informed people. And my friend, who I, again, will not name, you know, rightfully so, was hurt and got up and left. And one of the things her and I talked about later on was I don't believe that she necessarily should have just up and left. I believe that it is all of our responsibility to educate the ill-informed, people with good intentions. And an example that I love to use is a man named Daryl Davis, who is a, a black man who has personally converted in the past over 200 KKK members in person a lot of times, or maybe even in every single case. I'm not exactly sure on whether it was a few cases or in every single case. I would imagine it's every single case he converted them to leave the Ku Klux Klan. And if a black man can sit across from someone who their belief is that black people are inferior and remain calm, cool, and collected and hear them and try to help them, then everybody can do it. Especially for someone who is just ill-informed, who's not trying to be bad, who's not trying to do something negative. So her and I talked about that, how I understood that she was hurt, how I understood that she had the right to leave, but how I also believe that she should have stayed and, in, and informed me and educated me, told me why what I said was wrong. And I think everybody should do that. I know it's something that I'm going to be doing. You know, I'm not going to unfriend someone, unfollow someone, take them out of my life because they might say something that does have good intentions or even if they say something that necessarily isn't even right. You know, it's, this is a time to really question how far is too far gone? Where is that line? Where is the line where a person is too far gone? And that's something that, you know, when you're faced with it, you'll have to ask yourself and figure out for yourself. And, you know, I just, one reason I'm doing this episode is because I have, I've always cared about this, but after almost now we're going on two weeks since the murder and it is murder. It's not the death of George Floyd. It's the murder of George Floyd. He did not die naturally. I've really, that video, um, watching it, you know, that video was uh, uncut and full. It was heartbreaking. It really was. No one, no one should die like that. And I obviously never even heard the name George Floyd. But that doesn't matter. I recognize that that was a human. 
That was an innocent black man who had no reason to be pinned for how long he was pleading and begging for something that we all need, which is air. That video in particular, because we've all seen the videos, right? We've all seen the shootings. We've all seen the unjustified killings. But for some reason, that one, that was the, that was what it, that, that did something deeper to me. And how he's begging for his mom, who, uh, apparently had passed away not that long ago, just a couple of years. And how, and how as people are looking on and clearly wanting to help and, you know, there's a big question going around of why did no one do anything other than film? Why did no one actually do something and there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons. The biggest is because who was standing in front of them? It was the police. And the police are something I talked about with my friend again that I was telling you about earlier. You know, I told her the idea of a of a law enforcement that is a human. And even if it down the road transcends human it'll be something that humans create so it'll always be inherently flawed the idea of another human enforcing something is flawed so that's why no one did anything because they we don't know we don't know what's going to happen right you know i would like to think if i was there what would I have done? I don't know what I would have done. I know I would have looked at the situation and been thinking to myself, this is wrong. This is wrong right here. What can I do? If I try to interject, what's that going to cause? Will it have saved George Floyd's life? Will it have cost my life? Will it have cost both our lives? Will nothing have changed? Will I have just been pinned down? What could we have done? Thankfully, a big pro to where we are today is we do have these little devices in our pockets that are able to film. And Ice-T, the actor on Twitter, said something that is so true. And he said, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you better believe if we didn't all have cameras, this would have been swept under the rug. And that's the sad truth. So while this is incredibly sad and unfortunate that George Floyd had to be killed this way, he didn't have to be killed this way. No one has to be killed that way anyway 
while it's an immense tragedy. Thankfully, people did film, at least, and did do something because George Floyd will be honored. Because all four of those police officers are on trial as of this recording. They're in custody. And rightfully so. And this is something that I want to talk about with my guests today. There's, there's a lot of things I want to talk about today. So I feel like I've covered everything. I apologize if I haven't covered everything that I will remember later on after this recording. But everything I do is unscripted. Everything I do is, for the most part, unplanned. I just sit in front of this mic and I talk. And because I said that there will be more pauses than normal, that's only because I want to make sure that I say what I want to say in the right way and make sure that I'm not misunderstood or had things taken out of context. So before we get into the calls that I will be making, I want to play a snippet of a, um, of a song that I believe is the perfect anthem for where we are right now. And also this episode is not sponsored in any way, shape or form. Normally my episodes are sponsored. I am not going to be placing a sponsor in this episode. It would not feel right. Um, and the reason I say that is because if there is any issue with me playing this song down the road, copyright, whatever, I hope that it's, I'm not playing the entire song. I hope that it's something that can be overlooked. I hope it's something that can be understood why I'm playing this. Um, but I believe it's uh, very, very symbolic of where we are right now. And it asks, asks a uh, very important question and something I believe in. So we're going to listen to this and then we're going to start making our calls. Okay. And, um, yeah, here we go. So that is uh, the Black Eyed Peas, Where Is The Love? And it's, uh, it's a song that means a lot to me, always has, and means a lot to me now, more so than ever. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to play that before we get into these calls that we're going to be making to a lot of people, a lot of people. And I'm very, I'm very thrilled that a lot of people want to talk. And uh, some that I reached out to 
but most of them reached out to me after seeing my social media posts about this episode. And I'm just really excited about this. So I could keep talking, but we're going to get into this. So these are in no particular order, um, except for the first and the last, because the first one that I want to call, and by the way, just so everyone knows, I sent out a text a few hours ago before this recording to let everyone know, okay, it's today's the day and make sure your phones are nearby because I don't know when I will be calling you. Um, and if you can't pick up the phone, if you could record a voicemail so that when I do call you and it goes to voicemail, your voice is still heard. Um, so some of these I do know they will not be picking up. They've, they've, they've messaged me and said that they will not be able to participate, but that they did record something. So that's, that's amazing. But the first guest that I want to reach out to is someone that has been on the podcast previously. Her name is Brianna Lightfoot Smith. And, um, she has a, she has a podcast and, uh, black girls with purpose. And, uh, She's the first, uh, she, she, I do want to talk to her first because I have a familiarity, familiarity with her. I apologize if I'm stumbling over words or saying some things incorrectly here. It's, I didn't know if I would feel as emotional as I feel right now. So these calls are very important. So. Here we go. We're going to call Brianna and we're going to kick this off. Hello. Hi, Brianna. Hey, Eddie. So you are the first person that I'm calling because, um, we uh, we have talked prior on my podcast, mm -hmm. and uh, that first episode was much more. Uh, it was filled with a lot more happiness <laughs> than uh, than this one. But I did want to reach out to you first because you uh, you your you know your podcast is um, is always relevant. But I would imagine you feel like it's more relevant now than than it was when we recorded. And, Absolutely. Um, I just want to, I just want to know where, where, where are you right now in terms of, uh, it's almost two weeks since, mm -hmm. since the, since the event took place and, um, where are you in terms of your, your headspace and, 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 and processing? I'm in a much better place than I was last week. Um, definitely went into, a depressed state last week was feeling pretty hopeless, especially as a mother of two black boys and a husband to a black man. Um, there was definitely a, a sense of, you know, when will this end? And I shared on my social media that sadly enough, when COVID first hit my initial thought and, and, and then we started having the stay at home orders. I, my initial thought was, at least our boys will be safe at home, literally. Like, and, and it came to my, my head 
kind of randomly where I, I remember kind of taking a step back from my own thoughts and being like, that's a weird thing to be thinking about right now. But my thought process was, okay, if, we, if our, our boys, if our men aren't on the streets because they're at home, then, you know, less, maybe there'll be less cases of police brutality, maybe less deaths by the hands of police or other people. And so seeing George Floyd die at the hands of police really discouraged me because I just thought to myself, we can't be even be humane in the midst of a pandemic. Like when other things are threatening people's lives, we can't say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to add to this experience. I'm going to see, you know, your value and your worth and see you as another human being. And so that really did break my heart. But today I'm feeling more hopeful um, in part because I've been seeing a lot of the legislation that's been passing uh, or even just the some some police departments and, and cities banning chokeholds and, and, and other kinds of restraints that might lead to similar cases happening for other people. Um, all of the officers being charged was another kind of light at the end of the tunnel. And then even the men who are involved in the death of Ahmaud Arbery, all three of them uh, faced a judge this week for preliminary trial hearings. So for me, just seeing that things are happening has been encouraging, but I'll be honest too, Eddie, I've also gotten off social media because while I did want to stay informed, I just noticed that my emotions were going up and down pending what I was reading, you know, whose feed I was watching or what the latest news was. And I knew, especially in the midst of these protests where a lot of people, a lot of police stations and departments are getting a lot of flack because they, they just haven't been handling them peacefully. And, and there's even more police brutality in the midst of these protests. I felt like I just couldn't be that close to it and still take the necessary care of my mental health, if that makes sense. It does. It does. It's, um, it's, it's, you know, I, 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 prior to calling you, I did, um, I just, cause this is all in one take. So I've been talking for about 26 minutes now and, um, I was doing a big intro and, and just getting all my feelings out at the beginning. And, and something that I said was it's, uh, this is, this is a time where, you know, it's as a podcast host, it's weird mm -hmm. because I don't know how, I don't know what to say because yeah. first and foremost, does it even matter what I have to say? And, 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 mm -hmm. and, and I've seen a lot of, you know, I've seen a lot of people say that, that, you know, that are white, you know, what, mm -hmm. what, 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 why does it matter what I say? Because mm -hmm. I don't understand this fully. Right. I, right. I can never understand this fully. And, and the word privilege I've been, I've been thinking about a lot and, and it's a word that I now despise. I don't like mm -hmm. this word privilege. Mm -hmm. And I was saying that, you know, nobody should be privileged. Nobody yeah. needs to be privileged. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a disease. And, and it's something that I feel incredibly awful about. And, and mm -hmm. I just, that's, you know, this is why I'm doing this right now, because I need other people like yourself to 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 help me process what yeah. what I should be feeling because I don't know that I can I know I can be a help but I don't mm -hmm. know exactly how to help I just 
I think that this can be a help this this episode, but it's it's tricky. Yeah. Well, I think what you're doing is a step. And one thing that I have seen and one thing I've I've just just to I know to be true, right? With anyone, any race, any class, any neighborhood, like you have access to people that I might not necessarily have access to. And um, there's there's a pastor in, based in Oklahoma. His name's Mike Todd, and he was just talking about how, you know, when we're close to people, it opens us up to have these kinds of conversations, right? So if you don't have any friends of color, then you can't talk to them and say, "Hey, how are you feeling about this?" Um, but then if you if you only have friends of color, then you can't reach to other people and be a be a bridge to them and, and provide them with with a kind of outlet when you're when they're feeling like what you're feeling and saying, hey, I want to do something, but I'm not really sure what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. And even me as a woman of color, I've been wondering like, okay, God, you know, I want to be involved in some way, but I haven't really felt led to protest necessarily. I don't know if it's me being extra cautious because I have my two babies or um, just, I don't know what it's been particularly, but I know that I have used my podcast as a way to, to shine some light on things and to try and be a light in a dark place. Um, And then I've also tried to share positive things as well and letting people know, Hey, you guys, you are protesting and, and these things are happening. And I know for me, I've been doing a lot of calling. So calling the mayor, calling the governor, people who have the the, the capability to implement some of these policies and, 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 and ban other policies, like not having to tell somebody before you're going to shoot or not being able to shoot at a moving vehicle. And so I think everyone is mobilizing in the best way that they know how. And I know and you know that I'm a woman of faith. But this this week I was reading in my Bible and I was just reading about the different body, the different parts of the body of Christ and how God just talks about how we all have different gifts. And God was sharing a direct link to where we find ourselves in the season where everybody's contribution is needed, whether you're the person that donates to the NAACP or the Minneapolis Freedom Fund or the Be the Bridge Foundation or the Know Your Rights Camp, or you're somebody who has connections to get donors for those places, or you're someone who has a podcast and you're able to to shed light and share multiple experiences, I think we all can operate in the places where we normally operate, right? We just are using them for a different purpose. And so I think for you and anyone who's like you, it's like, well, what do I do? If you're a writer and you were a writer before this, then write. If that's a blog post, if you feel led to write a book after this, just about this season, because this time in America and across the globe is crazy, then do that. You don't have to be someone other than who you are. And the thing that I love about you and had said about your podcast, which is why I was excited to join the first time was that, you know, you, you are all about creating these conversations with people. And so I think what you're doing, even though it may not feel like it's sufficient, it is sufficient because that's your gift. That's your lane. That's your talent. And so you're using that for a, a better purpose. Thank you. And, and, and where is your podcast right now? Is it, um, I, cause I know that you're, you're, um, you were kind of taking a, a break mm, from mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Is it something that you're going to get back into or have you already gotten back into it? And I apologize well, yeah, if you so have, and I haven't. It's so interesting, Eddie, because I said that this month I was going to take a break. Um, and I was going to have a friend record for me. And then George Floyd's 
murder happened. And I said, okay, I can't just not talk about this. So I did record an episode and I've actually, even as we're speaking, I'm kind of wondering because I have another episode that I want to record and I'm thinking to myself, okay, do I release this just as a YouTube video just on my personal YouTube page or do I continue to get on the podcast and be like, hey, y'all, I know I keep saying I'm gone for this month, but I just can't be silent about this. And I think that just kind of comes with being a storyteller, right? Like we have to say something. So I, yes, I have been recording it. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is something, and especially, you know, you have this podcast and you have a real deep faith and, mm-hmm. and um, I, I guess my, my, my final question, and it's unfortunate that it's my final question, but I, I, I have a lot of people that, that um, I'm going to be calling today. And, and so I know that uh, unless I want a, a 10 hour podcast episode, <laughs> I can't, uh, I can't do what I normally do, which is yes. just try to delve as deep into it as possible. But yeah. Um, being a person of faith, are you, is this something that you feel is, is ever going to completely be non-existent or is this something that is always going to challenge, you know, even something as, as, um, as close to your heart as your faith? I mean, mm-hmm. do, do you feel like your faith is challenged when something like this happens? Absolutely. And I think any Christian who would say, oh, I'm not wavering in my faith at all when anything comes my way, I don't want to call them a liar, but I'm kind of like, okay, what have you been through? Because (laughs) I need some of your faith. If you can experience things like COVID-19 and the multiple deaths of, of, of innocent Black lives and still be like, oh, it's cool. God's got this. Because I know, even in my own circle, while we, while my faith in God has not wavered, and that, and that's something I will say, it's not necessarily my faith in God. It's just my understanding of God where I'm like, okay, God, I know you work in, but I'm not really sure what is supposed to come out of this. Right. Like I, I see, I know what your word says and I continue to read your word. And I, and I, I, it's so weird, Eddie, how many passages of scripture I've read just this week where it was written thousands of years ago, but I'm like, this sounds like it was written yesterday. And, you know, God just talking about deliverance and talking about honoring the government, even in the midst of crazy situations and how God talks about letting our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our father in heaven. So for me, it hasn't challenged my faith as much as my understanding. So I should edit it and say that and say, God, I have no idea what you're doing. And there have definitely been moments where I'm like, Lord, just bring us up to heaven because I can't, I don't feel like I can take much more of this. I know that what's happening here is supposed to make us long for heaven. It's supposed to make us even more intentional about the the gospel of Jesus Christ and sharing other people, sharing him with other people so that they can have a confidence that says, you know what, this world does suck, but hey, there's a world where, or there's an eternity where you you won't have to deal with these problems. There won't be pain. There won't be agony. There won't be injustices. And so for me, it's helped. It, it has helped me strengthen in my faith. But yeah, def- you definitely have moments of understanding. And honestly, that's another reason why I had to come off social media, because I was like, God, if I'm taking in more of the world than your word, then I'm going to be depressed and my emotions are going to go based off of my circumstances. But if I just stay steadfast in what you've said, then it's going to help me because Literally, I think the second day after I got off of social media, that's when I saw that all four officers were charged. But I had taken myself off of social media and I said, you know what, God, I'm just going to pray about this. And what you want to happen is going to happen. And so, yeah, I think I think it does challenge your faith. 
because you have to say, okay, whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to be steadfast and immovable, like scripture says, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that nothing you do for him is in vain? Or are you going to be like the person in James where you you are driven and tossed by the wind with everything that happens because you're like, okay, well, I know what God, I know God is good, but is he like, but if he's good, then why would he allow this to happen? And I think that's where a lot of people find themselves. But I do want to challenge anyone who, uh, or encourage anyone who's listening that is a, a person of faith, you're not any less Christian or any less righteous for feeling anger about the current circumstances and or feeling hurt by the current circumstances. And I truly believe this is supposed to make us, like I said before, all the more um, adamant about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it's also help, it's, it's also designed to center our focus, because if we're focusing on the things of this world, we're always going to be depressed, we're always going to feel hopeless, but if we're focusing on God and what his word says, then it gives us the endurance that we need to keep going. Beautifully said, Brianna, thank you, thank you so much for, for, for coming on and, and just talking for these few minutes. And um, I know this sounds cheesy. I know this sounds cliche. I know this sounds like it's probably not true, but I know I've never met you in, in real life, but I am sending nothing but love to, to everyone, but specifically to, to you, because I know that this is a, this is a, this is a time that no one should be living in, but mm-hmm. <laughs> we do. And I'm just happy that you uh, wanted to come on here and, and, and help out. And, um, that's, again, I, I, I don't know what to say. It's, it's so, it's so tricky, but, um, sometimes it's about listening, Eddie. Sometimes it's just about listening. Exactly. And exactly. I, I, I've, I've become very aware of that. And so just thank you. And, um, I will talk to you very soon. Thanks, Eddie. Bye. Brianna, Brianna, thank you for coming on. Seriously, I know, um, and I, t- I didn't mean to cut you off there. I did, uh, I did hear her say, you know, bye. But um, I was a little fast with my thumb. Okay, um, and again, guys, these are in no particular order. It's just uh, well, except for the first and last. So it's just sort of where I'm clicking and and see who uh, see who who my thumb touches here um, because I do have a list here on my phone. So we're going to talk to, um, let's talk to, let's talk to Chloe, another person, another friend who has been on the podcast previously and uh, see what uh, she says about this and feels about this. She told me she might not pick up. So we'll see. Thinking she's not going to. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Eight zero. Okay. I don't think she uh, recorded the message, the voice message. So we're going to move on. Um, sorry, Chloe. I would have loved to have talked to you. Um, let's do, let's talk to, this is um, someone that a friend of mine put me in touch with her or sh- my friend 
got her to get in touch with me and her name is Skylar. I've never met Skylar. I never talked to Skylar. Um, she is uh, someone that is, from my understanding, been very active in the protests here locally. So let's get her on the line if we can. Please leave your message for three, five, two. Nope. All right. Um, that was Skylar. We tried to call there. Let's uh, let's call Michaela, Michaela Corson, who has been on the podcast as well. And uh, see if she wants to pick up. Hello? Hey, Michaela. Hello. How are you? I uh I am a little more uh I I think the word is somber than I normally am but uh I've been talking to uh I just talked to another person previously and um just uh trying to gain where everyone is in terms of headspace here I think that's I think where I'm where I'm deciding I'm going to be leading off with with all these conversations and um so where are you in terms of of your headspace? Cause now we're almost two weeks out from the, from the initial event and uh, what's going on in terms of uh, what you're thinking, processing and, and feeling. Um, in all honesty, it's like, it's like a sugar rush for lack of a better phrase. You know what I mean? Like kind of coming down. That makes any sense. Like physically, that's how I feel. Yeah. Like I'm exhausted mentally, physically, emotionally, just exhausted. And it's like really taking a toll in general because I can relate to a lot of different things and this being one of them. Um, I don't know. Are Just you, uh, <laughs> no, you're fine. Are you with your, uh, are you with your son right now or? Um, I'm actually at a um, housewarming party. Oh, He's okay. in the pool. Yeah. Um, but I still made time to take the call. I was like, I'm, I have something to do. I made a, um, an alarm for two oh. to make sure, you know, that time yeah it's it's uh he's in the pool but i'm with him and it's weird because like i have i'm not weird i'm always with him but i've i'm like afraid to not be with him you know what i mean yeah like i don't know like i slept in his room like he has a um he has a bunk bed and i slept in his room like the first two or three nights is he um is he of of an age where you can talk to him about this or not yet no not yet not yet no um i mean not this specific event however uh i guess the ins and outs of why it happened and how it happens you know he i've like i've been okay so there's this quote-unquote list i don't know if you know anything about it but there's a list a checklist kind of that black parents give their black sons you know verbally or otherwise um and i've kind of been going over this list ruminating over this list um, since conception, since around the time I decided to have Isaiah or try to have Isaiah. Um, 
what to do, what not to do around the police. You know what I mean? And I'm just thinking, like, when that time comes around 12, 13 for me to give him what to do, what not to do, I hope it's different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's like still six, seven years out. Six, seven years out. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't, you know, I, uh, I always try to be positive and, and I believe that a lot of, a lot of change is going to come from this because I don't, I can't recall seeing this kind of a movement in terms of, of something similar to this, you know, it's always been something like this will happen and you'll see, you'll see the protests you'll see, but like, it's not, there was a graph that came out recently of every single state was highlighted in red and yeah. Every single state had protests. countries. Yeah, yeah. It, it it it's even gone past the just the United States, and yep. you know. We'll see, and speaking of which, the movement, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, everyone's like, oh, it's over one person, blah blah blah. Like, we've been behind this movement since 2015, you know, and peacefully protesting for the past six, seven years in general. Um, but now the actual Black Lives Matter movement. I think has kind of gotten kicked off. Fortunately, like you said, um, not just in the United States, but worldwide. And the support is like tremendous. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's been, people are like, well, why are you so adamant and stuff now? Like, cause I mean, we've tried doing peaceful protests, tried to be, you know, polite about it for years. Now it's just, can't, you can't stay quiet. No, no, and it's people treat you how you allow them to treat you, you know. And at some point, you got to take what's yours. Yeah, and um, did you see the? Um, it's in Washington D.C. the the road because um, I think it is. It's a it, it, it's an entire street, I believe. And yeah, um, you know, I mean, some people. What was will, it? Bef- it was what was it previously? Um, I think it was. Li- not Liberty Avenue. It was something. I don't Pennsylvania. Know. I believe it was Pennsylvania or something like that. But yeah, tra- change it to Black Lives Matter Plaza. And, the and that's, that's so great because the, the mayor there, she's like, who does Trump think he is? Like, who does streets belong to? We know who it belongs to. I have, I have a lot of friends that live in um, the D.C. area, actually. Uh, one of my cousins lives up there and she was telling me about her protests and um like, you know, what's all going on over there. And she actually got to sit down and talk with um, the mayor and her cabinet whenever she was out there, I guess, two days ago. And I like having a little insight, you know. So I, I totally get where that, where she's coming from because it's this, like, he's in a position of power, quote unquote, you know what I mean? And we're citizens of the United States. Always have been, but... I just feel like he really, like the whole, it's, it's turning to an oligarchy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, you think he runs, like, everything. It doesn't run shit. We, the people, we run everything. We we are the ones who who, who have to do, deal with all of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're, and you're someone, and, and, and I realized this after we did our first podcast episode together and having you in person, and you're someone that is very, very strongly willed about, you know, if, if you get hooked on something or if you believe passionately about something, you, 
you you go for it. You know what I mean? You're you're one of the strongest um, believers in whatever you want to believe in that I've ever seen. You know, you're not yeah. someone that just I'm incredibly talks. adamant. I'm not going to lay down. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to. And, and I always like made a joke and it's kind of kind of not insensitive, but I always made a joke like, I don't know. You, you would have to kill me. There's no way to enslave me. Like, you know, my mind, my body, my spirit, you, you'd have to try to break me. You'd have to kill me. Like, I just know that. Like, I'm just, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's, that's another thing about it. The whole slave mentality. I'm like, and I always made a joke. Like, you would have, you would have had to kill me. There's no fucking way. Like, if, you know, and granted, everything would have been different. However, that's how I'm feeling now. Like, you, you would have, you're going to have to kill me. You have to fucking break me it's not gonna happen now this is something that i've been thinking about a lot i've been thinking about what would i have done had i been in minneapolis when that was happening if i was one of the people that was an onlooker and i don't know what i would have done i honestly don't know what i would have done and i know a lot of those people like the people that were filming it and they've they've faced criticism because of you know why were you just filming and I want to, I know that, you know, some people might not think that this is right to even do, but just hypothetically, if you were there, do you, do you feel like, do you strongly feel like you would have interjected, not just, you know, screaming at them? I do. Yeah. I think I would have, I think I would have probably, um, committed a crime, not going to lie, like, uh gone after the cop car or something, you know what I mean? Like just kind of take their, their their focus off of him like now you have two people to worry about you know what i mean versus yeah like that's what i mean like just to give them something else to do something else to to divert their their um focus i truly do and that's the crazy thing because you're you're saying how that girl she well the the woman who filmed the video the black woman actually sadly enough the woman who filmed the video she has to get um psychological evaluations and stuff like that you know she's she's dealing with a lot of criticism yeah she's also dealing not just from the community but like with herself you know like because you're asking like you you ask yourself what what you would do like I'm, I'm sure she's thinking about what she would do differently you know you know but like that's what eight minutes nine minutes of just standing there videotaping somebody dying like how do you <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know what, how, how. And the crazy thing is, um, I was talking to my uh, Middle Eastern friends, and they're like, "Well, it's not. It's black and white." I'm like, "No, it's about it's 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 us versus the police, or the police versus us. It's 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 a policing thing. It isn't it isn't a race thing. It's a policing thing. It's a excessive force, you know." And he's like, "Well, it has nothing to do with us." I'm like, "Us? Who's us? Like Indian community?" I'm like, "Dude, do you not realize that the store they're standing in front of was." any guy uh, owned that not only that he called he's the one who called the police on them and then if you look at it the guy who's standing there with his arms crossed the officer who's standing there with his arms crossed um keeping the crowd away yeah he's an asian american so yeah it has something to do with asians and i'm like you guys are you're in the picture literally in the picture so that yeah it has something to do with everybody us as as a you know us as a whole it's not a black and white thing it's us as a community as like as as a nation and the police and excessive force so yeah you guys are literally in the picture <laughs> yeah it's it's uh 
it's that's that's it's just the weirdest time because do you we we do need right we do need or is this just my naivety we do need a law enforcement right or is that just something that we've all been just you know born to believe i think that's really something that we've all been born to believe because to be honest like okay so policing didn't come out of, from nowhere policing came from right after i believe right after jim crow laws and everything of that nature so basically it was built on the foundation of catching a slave because they made it illegal to for um slaves to okay previous 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 slaves sorry to um to be homeless or to be out after to be to be out um side of the house after dark so basically policing was implemented to catch slaves or previous slaves you know what i mean to like to put some law and order quote unquote so no one would be afraid so that's what policing started, like came from, you know what I mean? Like that literally policing came from catching slaves. That's how it started. So like, that's the crazy thing. Wow. Yeah. So it hasn't been in place forever. And it's aimed directly at black people, obviously. Prior slaves. So, I mean, I think, I think now, yes, we do need, to have law and order you can't have anarchy obviously especially because we're all so used to it it would be different if we weren't used to it um but it has to change you can't it can't stay like that yeah and how's your how's your um i'm almost hitting myself over the head because i didn't reach out to your mom how's your how's your mom doing right now because i know she's very vocal she has the she has the uh the, the radio show and uh is this something that she's been adamantly talking about? Because I know that because I do follow her on Facebook. Um, yeah, she did. Um, she has a show every Wednesday. Today with Pastor Jay every Wednesday, and she talked about it on Wednesday with a. Um, he was a prior. I'm trying to remember. I don't, I don't. I don't remember his name, but he was a prior police officer for NYPD. So, but now he's down here. Anyways. I wish I, I wish I, I wish I knew his name, but he was talking about. It. They were talking about it, um, and just actually, you're in Palm Coast, and they're in Palm Coast. They were talking about Palm Coast in general, and how, because it was like I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah, Palm Coast was one of the last towns to to integrate. Yeah, they were one of the last towns to integrate, and that's that's crazy because I live there, you know, and I'm used to that. And he was just talking about how like teachers and stuff, and this goes for really any institution, but they were talking about the teachers specifically and how they're looked over for um, for promotion and stuff like that due to, you know, systematically due to their race. And hold on, I'm sorry. I told you I'm at, I'm at a, um, something pretty. You're good. <laughs> I'm like trying to like go around to where I'm not, around a bunch of noise and people you know what i mean I'm back in the garden right now it's starting to dribble oh, you've been good i haven't heard too much background noise all right yeah i'm literally by a uh, koi pond right now <laughs> nice so yeah it's super peaceful to talk about like you said such a somber subject but i don't know where i was at but, you know um it's just i don't even know i don't know what to say but my mom she's okay she's good she i listened to her segment it was actually really informative and of course, she has. This is the crazy thing. My mother, she's a registered Republican, and my dad's a Democrat. My dad's white. My mom's black. 
right? So there's that. Like, I'm like kind of in the middle, obviously. Um, so it's it's been a very interesting subject to touch on, just because we've I've get I've gone through I've been through over I'm just this ballpark twenty racial discriminations that I like, I've been physically assaulted like while serving a table. You know what I mean? Like, hey nigger, why aren't you at my table and grab me by the arm? Like the cop had to come in and take this guy out. Like I've been a subject of like so many different racial discriminations and things of that nature my entire life. And one of my friends asked me, when, when's the first time that this started? I'm like, to be honest, I really couldn't tell you when the first time that it started, you know? And that sucks to say. And I can tell you the last one. I can, t- I can tell you the first one probably, but I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember if that's actually the first, you know? Yeah. That's the crazy thing. And I was just trying to like go over this the other day. Like when was, I, I can't pinpoint when it started. But I do know, like, the KKK has come to my house because, you know, my parents are interracial. We're watching you. We don't like what we see. Like, literally, that's a hate crime. That Our mailbox was confiscated. Um, I can just go, I can tell, just go all day and basically tell you time to time. I remember if, if I remember everything about each each time, I feel like. I remember what I was wearing, what they were wearing. If it was sunny out, I you know. Wow. I remember, yeah, what season it was, how I felt just as a person, like those things just never leave, you know, like sense is the strongest thing tied to memory sort of thing. I remember what song was on in the car, like, or whatever. So those things just don't go away. So I don't know. Are you familiar with, are you familiar with the name Daryl Davis? He's, um, yeah, he's, a he's, he's a black man who has converted over 200 KKK members. I don't know if he's still doing it. I think that might be something that's just in his past, but he is uh, someone that is, you know, he'll, he'll talk about it. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast. That's how I found out about him. And gotta educate. Yeah. Yeah. And people are like, well, would it make me a hypocrite for cha- for changing my mindset? No, that'll make you, um, not what's the word. What's the word? Oh, it just shows growth. I mean, cause it's, it's just, it's ignorance. It's lacking knowledge. So if you educate people and you, you make, not make them, but get them to, to realize you know, you're just, un- they're just uneducated. Yeah. I feel. And it's sad. It's really, really sad. It's really sad. Yeah. My mom's fine. I'm fine. Um, I-, I spent like the first two days crying because, I mean, if you think about it, like when I get a speeding ticket or if I get pulled over or whatever and my kid's in the car, they've given him, they've given him a, the cop will give him a badge, like a, a sticker, you know? And I think it's so excited. So, so excited and everything to, to see the officer but like at the same time i'm like this is someone that's you know you're supposed to be excited about whatever and they're a hero in his eyes but when he gets older like when does he become a threat you know what i mean when does my son become a threat to, to officers oh. to anybody like just just off the color of his skin just automatically when does that happen his 12th birthday 13th birthday yeah. you know like when does that happen and then it makes me like think about like it makes me a little sad not gonna lie because someone that's supposed to serve and protect our community someone that my son is genuinely happy and genuinely excited to see could hurt him could kill him yeah yeah and it it makes me feel really powerless because and that's why that's why we we give him the quote-unquote list so he comes back home you know that's crazy I, i did not know this list existed oh yeah Oh yeah! Wow! It it um, I I heard my, my my parents tell my 
brothers, my older brother, my little brother, you know? And I've been thinking about this since before Isaiah was even thought about. I was like, well, when I have a son, I have to come up with the list. The list, you know, but just show him your hands. Don't reach for anything. Um, tell him your name, your age. Know where you live. Let them know you don't have anything to harm them. Um, no sudden movements. Don't don't wear wife beaters outside the house. Don't drive with your shirt off. Don't have music too loud. Just you know, just just uh, don't wear a do rag outside yeah. the house. Like just things that makes him a target, quote unquote. And it's not just. I could I I I, I haven't written it down, but like I feel like I should write th- write this list down like that. You don't. It's crazy. You've never heard of that. Not you yet. can ask any black man that you know right now. I bet you, like, if you have one on your show, ask ask them if they if their parent ever talked to them about a list, if you don't mind, okay. or do's and don'ts, what to do, what not to do when confronted by the police. I will, because I assure you, ninety nine percent of those men will tell you, yeah, or even if it was just like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, or tips, their parents talked about it. Yeah, I don't know one personally whose parents haven't. I know a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, yeah, you've lived, uh, and we talked about this on your on on that first episode. You've lived. Uh, you're one of the most adventurous people I know. So you've definitely come in contact with a plethora of just everybody, and yeah, but, from but, all different walks of life. You yeah. know, from all around, and and those that I come in contact with um, over the past couple of days in regards to the situation, you know, we've kind of discussed here and there. They're, they're, we're all on the same page and I'm just like and I, of course I brought up a list to a couple and thus far I haven't heard anyone say no like it's not just a topic of conversation anyone ever has like let's say I, I met them at a dinner, a dinner party or something we didn't have that conversation then you know but now it's relevant so talking about it now versus then it's it's different it's different it is and and then like just me going to the store the day after the actual incident, the initial incident, or even two days later, from the first protest, I'm going to say Monday or Sunday, because I had to attend the um, graduation on Saturday, and that was literally all over my mind the whole time I was in the in the car, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to, you know, be a certain way at, at this graduation, FBC graduation, my little sister just graduated, but that's all I could think about. But whenever I went to the store, like just locking eyes with another black person, or even being at the red light with a, with an, a cop, you know, like it had this weird, almost tangible, like you you could cut it with a with a knife, like sort of energy, you know. Yeah. 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 It, it, I don't even know. And in my intro to this episode, because I haven't cut, I've been, I've this has just been one take, and um, so at the beginning, I was saying, you know, everyone's saying that we're walking on eggshells, but it feels more like we're walking on Lego pieces. So none of it is comfortable to begin with. And yep. now we're just stepping on a piece that's even more jagged and standing in an upright position and, and it just hurts even harder, but it's all uncomfortable. So, and it's, um, it's great that you brought that up because I just, I was just talking about this probably two days ago and I have a couple of posts. You'll see it, it says, it, it's like hashtag this is uncomfortable. And then hashtag this has been uncomfortable. Like for me, this has been uncomfortable. This has been uncomfortable when I'm the only black person in my class. And we're have to talk about civil rights, you know what I mean? And it's like it's like burning on the back of my skin, you know. I had my first black teacher when I was in eleventh grade. And that's when I was FTC. I remember telling you that on the podcast last time. 
So like I'm from a town with 1% minority plus my family and one other, and they assumed we were related. <laughs> like, no. And I, I, I was the only black person in any of my classes until 11th grade. So every year I knew there was going to time, there was going to be a time where it would be incredibly uncomfortable. I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to, you know, for that week or two and recovering this small portion of history, mind you, the, from books that are written by white people about our history, leaving certain things out like redlining and things of that nature that, that people don't even know about today. So it's just, it's been uncomfortable. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's great that, that you mentioned that because I was just talking about that. People are like, oh, this is all uncomfortable. Like, dude, this has been uncomfortable. Yeah. Having these conversations, it's been uncomfortable. It's like just walking into a classroom and be like, okay, I'm the only black person here. <laughs> Every day for years, it's been uncomfortable. <laughs> That's why I, I love it that you just brought that up too. I was just talking about that. And I know that this probably, I mean, it, I don't or know. Being the only black person on the basketball team and everyone assumes you're fucking Michael Jordan right now. Like, wait. How is this possible? <laughs> I tried out just same as you, and right now you want me to jump ball, and I'm fucking five foot seven. When you when you have six foot two, uh, Tanya over there, like let that bitch jump. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm happy so, that, yeah. and but you know, I'm happy that we're that we're able to even during this, you and I were able to laugh just a little bit yeah. because you know, it's it's. Ugh, I, I, I don't know what to say other than the fact that I know this doesn't help. I know that this will, I can't say I know that this doesn't help, but I, I believe that this probably doesn't help when I say this, but I'm, I am sorry that it, that it has come to this, that it has been this, that it will continue to, and that hurts me the most. It's, yeah, it will, it, it's going to stay around Yeah, for a while. So just, it's not an overnight change. It's not, it, it takes everybody actively, you know, consciously doing something and, and, this goes for literally everyone. It goes from the black community. Um, like I said, my, my Middle Eastern friends, it goes from everybody having these stigmas about a certain person's race. Like just, oh, like they can't dance because they're white. Like, dude, you don't know that. <laughs> you know, I can't dance. I don't think so. But you know what I mean? Yeah. So you have like have those stigmas and it's like, it takes, it takes everybody consciously working to, to break down those barriers about everybody's race. Just because they're this, just because they're that, just because, you know, I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. But you know me. Like, I'm already like that. Like, I'm, I'm like, eh, it doesn't mean anything. Just because. But um, well, there was something that I wanted to, to bring up that I totally just forgot about. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I know, I know, I know. Um, oh, it, we'll keep talking. Maybe I'll remember. I'm going to think about it. Think about it. Well, I was going to say, um, because I mean, you're someone that I could easily do a, a three hour, four hour fucking conversation with. And, and, uh, I, and I want to again, cause I want to get you back on, but, um, uh, I do have a lot of calls that I want to make and I don't want this podcast, you know, to be this insane amount of length so that people are turned off to listen to it, you know? Right. 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 Um, so, uh, if you do remember, uh, jot it down and when, right. when I get you back on, um, we can, we can bring it up because like you said, and like I said, this is going to be something that is going to be relevant for a long, long, long time. So, um, yep. it's just, uh, um, I'll probably text you like as soon as we hang up, <laughs> I'm going to be like, Oh, that's what it was. That's fine. And no, for real, I, I'm more than likely will though. <laughs> so thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And I apologize. Like if, if you can hear any of that noise. Oh no 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 no! You're good. No, it it, it actually calmed me down because I could just hear like water in the back. Okay. 
Nice. I'm sitting next to a koi pond and it's like it's raining. Nice. Yeah. So. All right, Michaela. Well, I am sending love and and and, and I, thank you. I appreciate your support and and you using your platform to you know to do a little little good to add to this. I appreciate it. and everyone who's, who's supporting the movement. Truly, yeah. like we see you, we hear you, and we appreciate you. Yes. Yeah. And and I don't want to say you're welcome, but I am. Right. I am here, and uh, so thank you for coming on and 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 leaving your house party for for this time. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh my God. I could go on forever with Michaela. She is, she's seriously, she's one of my favorite people. Um, all right, let's see here. We're going to call, let's uh, switch it up. Let's try to get a guy on here. Let's call, let's call Steve, Steve. I do know Steve from high school. Um, so I'm, this is the first time I've talked to him since high school. And he said that he wanted to come on, so. Hello. Steve. Hey. What's going on, man? I'm playing Mark. Oop, uh, you're breaking up. Are, is there a way that you can just uh, just do a little, like, just, like, talk for a second just to see if it's going to keep breaking up? Oh, hold on a second. I just got to walk outside. Okay. Yeah. It should clear right up, hopefully. Does that sound any better? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, you sound a lot better. Yeah, I, li- I live I live out in the Mondex, so it's just, yeah, that signal. Gotcha. Unless you're outside. Gotcha. Gotcha, man. Well, look, I, um, but you know, right before I called you, cause I like to, you know, say who I'm going to be calling and I was letting everyone know that, uh, I've, I've known you since high school or maybe even before high school, but, uh, we, um, you know, we haven't stayed technically in touch, but, um, I did make this social media post and, uh, you were one of the first people that, that, that reached out and said, I want to come on here and, and, uh, and just talk. And, um, so, what's going on and this is how I'm leading off every conversation. Cause I think this is the best way to lead off every conversation. What's going on in terms of like your headspace and, and, and how are you processing this? Um, because, uh, for everyone listening, just in case, I mean, I don't feel like I need to say this every single time, but Steve is, is white. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get every perspective here is uh, the point of this podcast episode. Right. And that's uh, one thing a lot of people don't really know about me. I mean, those that have heard of, heard of me or, or know of me, what, what have you. I mean, sure. I mean, I'm white, but also I come from a native American background and Irish. It's predominantly native American and Irish. Oh, okay. I guess I, I, I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of people don't. I told some people about it recently and they didn't believe me until I showed them my native American status card, which it's from Canada and you can only get that if you're a one quarter native or more down here. It's uh, in the States. It's a bit more uh, muddied up than that. Like you could be like one, one hundredths and get it here. Wow. It's a bit, you know, it's been insane how they do that down here. I mean, Canada's got strict rules against that and they fight to keep it that way. I mean, my grandfather's full blooded. My mom's half and I'm a quarter, both me and my brother. So, so why did you feel compelled, uh, to come on here? Because, you know, uh, this is something that I was sharing that being 
being a man that is predominantly white because, you know, I haven't done my, my 23 and me or whatever that thing's called where you, you know, like, you know what I mean? Where you get like the DNA testing to figure out exactly, I guess, what percentage you are of whatever. Um, yeah. You know, my I dad am, did that. Oh, he did? Yeah. It's like mostly Irish. Okay. Scottish. <laughs> But it, it, on it, his side. it's a weird time because I, I feel like, okay, well, why do I, why does my voice matter? Because I don't know what the, what the, what the actual feeling of this means. And, you know, it's something that I've struggled with and, but, you know, I talking to people, talking to my friends that are black and, 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 and hearing, you know, what they, what they feel, I felt compelled to do this. So what was the compelling, um, reason for you to to be like, hey, Eddie, I want to I wanna join you in this endeavor? Well, I mean, it's, it's coming from, you know, my own personal background as, like, I come from a family of law enforcement. Like, both my father and my brother are both officers of the law. And also having a multi-heritage background, you know, I kind of thought I'd have, like, a somewhat of a, I wouldn't say a really unique, it might be a different perspective on this whole thing. I mean, given given I mean, given the fact I know a ton of cops, good, bad, what have you. I mean, I'm not going to name any names, obviously, but and I I mean I do stand with everybody who's you know protesting and all that. You know, I mean, what happened to uh, Mr. Floyd and everybody and everybody? I mean, it's just completely awful. I mean, it's it's insane that these things happen. I mean, it's almost like the new norm really when you think about it and it's and it and that's just evil really evil i guess would be the best way to describe it it is and like, and um something that i haven't asked anyone yet that i've talked to but uh it just came to my head and and so i'm curious to see where you stand on this is so we know that the four officers that were involved in that incident they've all been arrested they're 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 going to go on trial and and rightfully so um when it comes to defending those those gentlemen when it comes to being the person that is made to defend them you know the defense attorney or the uh, state appointed yes attorney it's something that in my head i don't like i can't comprehend that i don't know how uh, how anyone could I, honestly, I don't know. I mean, there have been, I, you got to think about it. Like a lot of these lawyers, I mean, you go either two ways. You're either a, a defense attorney or a prosecutor. And I, I, I can understand. I can understand wanting to be a prosecutor. You know, you want to put these crazy ding dongs away. And then you got, uh, I don't, I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I I don't know what the heck's got in these guys' heads. It's like, oh yeah, I'll defend this guy. He's a scumbag, but sure, I'll do it. I, yeah, it's it's. I mean, this seems like an open and shut case to me. But then again, there are a lot of factors that we don't fully know as to like what what the situations are. I mean, they're, they're throwing all these reports, like talking about his uh, Mr. Floyd's prior arrests and all this other stuff saying acting as if it's a justification for what happened to him but it's not no human being should be treated that way i mean having a guy sit on your neck for 
how long was it? Eight minutes? Yeah, something like that. It, I mean, and while these other officers just sitting there watching, you know, got their thumbs square, shoved square up their asses. I mean, I don't. No human being should be treated this way, regardless of your past. Exactly. Or, or any. I mean, it, there's no justification for it at all. And the sad part is, and and there's multiple sad parts that are involved with this, but the I think one of the saddest is what caused it, and it was caused because of a uh, they believed that he passed a t- uh, a, a counterfeit twenty dollar bill. Yeah, I mean that. It's like saying, "Oh yeah, we got to beat the hell out of this guy because he stole a freaking lollipop from a store." Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, it's not like he's frauding people like people out of millions of dollars either. I mean, it's a fake twenty dollar bill. I'm sure everybody in in this country has come across a fake bill at least once in their life. Yeah, and and I mean, who's to I, say? I've done it. I've, I mean, it's, you know, you got people joking like, "Oh, I printed it this morning." <laughs> you know, that yeah. happens all the time. Who's to say that he even knew that it was a, like, like, like now, I mean, good luck even proving that because he's not here. You know what I mean? Like there's no, there, what, like there is no justification for why he was treated the way he was, but it's even worse because of what the actual incident was. It's not like he robbed the place. It's not like he held someone at gunpoint. As far as I know, I, um, like I haven't heard that come out yet. It was just a fake $20 no. bill and that's it. And you know, yeah. It's... Now and now I've seen things that's uh, saying that he was uh, had fentanyl in his system and that he actually died from a heart attack brought on by the knee to the neck plus the fentanyl. I'm like, it doesn't matter. That, that I... is that's a good point you bring up because I so I guess I answer my own question because it's like, well, I don't know how you as a human defend people that do that, but if you're going to remove the human aspect and you're just going to look at it as you know a cop versus a citizen then it's they're going to probably play that card. They're probably going to play, oh, well, he had something in him that was aiding in his death. It wasn't just because this man was kneeling on him or these men were kneeling on him. It was because of that plus this and this. So a normal person wouldn't have passed away. No, Yeah, and see, and they probably could end up playing. Well, and this is another thing. Uh, something I read. I don't know the facts about this other incident either. It was a, because they're comparing the white to black thing, which is complete nonsense to me. But there was a another. There was another guy, a white dude. He, um, I don't know what he did, but this law enforcement officer sat on uh, law enforcement officer sat on his neck for 13 minutes, and he died. And they're like, what's the outcry about this? I mean, there should be an outcry about it, but there wasn't anything. But it's, I don't know. They're they're honestly just going to probably the defense attorney is going to look at it like, I don't know. I watch way too much Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, I don't even know at this point. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, it's 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 just unfortunate. It's I don't know. And but. Are are you in the same boat in terms of I've never been because I watched the full uncut entire video because there are, you know, obviously if you'll turn on the news, you'll get the the spliced up version. But it's so different when you and it's not any easier to watch, but it's it's actually incredibly hard to watch the full uncut video where they like he's not responsive towards the end of it and they're not even easing up on it. You know, it's. 
don't know. He does, he's got his full weight right there on his neck. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I watched the whole video. I mean, I this isn't my first rodeo as far as like watching just completely unspeakable atrocities being performed on people via video. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I, there was a video going around a few years back. I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was one of those covered up by Facebook. Like, you know, you gotta be like, click this so you can watch it. Yeah. It was, um, I believe this happened in Mexico. A woman getting decapitated. This guy was decapitating a woman with a steak knife. It was a cartel uh, execution. And Weird, you know, man. there's, yeah, it, they got they got they have messed up stuff on Facebook all the time, and they're like, oh, I gotta cover it up. I'm like, why didn't you just? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's completely insane. It's all insane Some of the stuff. That, and the yeah, sad it, part is, is, is you know, I've I've always believed in you know equality, and I've always believed in treating just everybody, every single person you see, unless they give you a reason to not treat them with respect, treat them with respect, dignity, decency, all that stuff. And just seeing this video for some reason, because we've, you know, we've been desensitized to, to violence, whether it's, you know, in film or whether it's in real life and the countless videos that we see. But for some reason, this one did something different to me. And I think it's because of the length of it. It's not, it's not as, you know, cut and dry as a a bullet. It's, it's a prolonged death. It's a prolonged begging and pleading for, he suffered. I mean, yeah, plain and simple. Exactly. He suffered. Yeah. And the guy just, honestly, and the look on the cop's face, uh, whatever his name is, uh, I don't know, but I forgot his name. It's good. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 he's not worth remembering in that in that sense. To me, he'll always be the, he'll always be a scumbag murderer who didn't deserve to wear that badge of honor. And the the look on his face, the the officer. It looked like just another day at the office. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a sadistic look. I don't think it was more of this is normal to me. Which is all, which is maybe even more alarming. The fact that this yeah, is, exactly. this is normal to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the look on his face was, this is normal to me. It's the same look on all the other officers face. Well, see the thing with They're that. Just like, well, see really, I mean, <laughs> In in the video, you only have two officers that you can really truly see, and and mm-hmm. that's the one kneeling, and then the one kind of keeping everyone back. And yeah. um, I don't know if you remember, but I've never wanted to punch a screen harder because I believe it's him because it's like you can't see him talking because the camera is not focused on him at this moment. But it, you know, you have heard him talk, and the camera's been pointed on him, so it sounds like the same voice, and he says something along the lines of this is why you don't do uh, dr- uh this is why you don't do drugs kids. And Yeah, I did hear I did hear that. And oh my god, Steve, I just uh, like everything is wrong in that video, but for some reason that was just like, dude, what? This has nothing to do with drugs. Are you that like unaware of yeah, what's going on? Yeah, it's like they're there for a counterfeit 20. Yeah. And and I'm like and you're sitting here telling me like if you do drugs, you're gonna have a cop sit on you for for eight minutes. That that's the outcome of you doing drugs. Yeah, <laughs> that that just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. No, it oh doesn't, man. Goodness. It doesn't. And and you know, um, I I could keep talking to you here for 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 a long, long, long time. But I want to round it out with yeah. you said that your brother was in law enforcement. 
Yeah, both my brother and my father. Okay. And, you know, so this is something that, you know, uh, I am happy that you came on because you are coming from a family of law enforcement and, and, and what is their response to this? Like, will it, like, like, how are oh, they dealing the, with this? Well, right now, well, because my father works for Ormond Beach, my brother's local, uh, Flagler. Um, my, uh, I really haven't talked to my brother at length about this just because of his schedule. It's a little easier to talk to my father about it. And he, he's more, cause he's Volusia County, which is more than likely is it's already gotten rowdy over there before, but it wasn't from a protest. It's just a bunch of people partying and throwing money out of a sunroof. But, um, he's more worried. I mean, about things getting out of hand. I mean, he is very, I talked to him about what happened and basically he defined that guy as a scumbag loser. Just the way I said that, that never should have wore that badge. He, he is completely disgusted. And it, I'm a, my brother, I'm pretty sure would say the same thing. I mean, he's only been on the job a year, but you know, I mean, I've talked to people that he's pulled over. I mean, my coworkers are like, Oh dude, your brother's awesome. He's such a nice guy, you know? Yeah, it, that's the. I, they're, they're, and I'm ahead. not just saying this because they're my family. I genuinely, and I know a ton of cops, as I said before, good, bad, you know. I honestly can say they're good cops. They do their job, they treat everyone with respect. And, you know, I know a lot of cops that are the same way, you know. They treat everyone with respect, and they don't really look at it as a color aspect as you're a citizen of my area what what are we doing here you know yeah yeah that's the that's the you know that's i guess we the, need more of that <laughs> no we do need more of that and there's a great uh, i've talked about it a few times on the podcast uh there's a great channel on youtube it's called police activity and um it shows the good the bad and the ugly of cops and i think i've seen that before Oh man, it's such a good channel. I mean, you can't watch too much of it because, you know, I mean, I can at least. I I just get so disgusted by what I'm seeing because it's not censored. It's usually it's not censored. Um Right. But it, you know, that is a that's a beautiful illumination on that profession. It's uh because there, you know, it's it's a cliched saying, but there are bad eggs in every single thing. And there's oh, there, yeah. there's incredible eggs in every single thing. You know, you'll you'll be on that channel and you'll go from watching a cop unjustifying or unjustly shooting someone to a cop helping a woman give birth to a baby. And yeah, and it's 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 such a wide spectrum. So I highly like re like recommend because I know that, you know, a lot of law enforcement right now is 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 going through this and, you know, similar to the the black lives matter which is you know obviously an incredible very important uh, movement in terms of you know highlighting black people knowing that they're not safe the way that a white person is safe you know cops didn't you know not every single law enforcement agency in this country and around the world you know they didn't you know, th this was also handed to them because mm -hmm. because of these guys the the, the these four idiots that mistreated and 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 like you said we're not worthy of that badge now it now it nope. sort of <laughs> infects everyone else and 
I'm not saying that, you know, every cop is good, but I'm also saying not every single cop is bad. And, and, and I'm sure there's people right now that are listening to this, that, 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 that are offended by that. And it's such a shame yeah. that we live in this, that this climate where even something like that can offend someone, you know? Oh yeah. I, I every time I hear that there's a protest going on, I always, I, I'm not, I mean, I don't like to assume, but at the same time, you know, I always call up my brother and my dad to make sure they're okay. Seeing if they're even working that day. I'm like, if uh, I even asked my brother, I said, are you working? He's like, no, I'm like, good. Stay home. Don't go nowhere. Yeah. Stay local. Stay local. <laughs> don't go, don't go nowhere. Just, just at it, at it for his safety. I mean, I'm not expecting anything. Like I said before, I mean, I wasn't expecting any of these protests in our county to get ugly. But at the same time, you never know. Yeah, yeah, you don't know. I, <laughs> I, 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 I hate to say that, but I mean, I've watched all the videos. I mean, I actually drove through in my garbage truck. I work for Waste Pro. I drove through in my garbage truck um, Wednesday over by the protest in Palm Coast. Everyone's out there. They're having a great time. The police were out standing with them and everything, you know, motors, they had the motorcycles out there. Everybody was, you know, doing, you know, just peacefully protesting, which was a, a, a fantastic thing to see, you know? Yeah. Really good thing to see. Yeah, man. It's, it's such a weird time, but I mean, look, man, I, uh, I really appreciate you putting aside some time, picking up and, and, and just talking to me and, and, uh, sharing your perspective because everyone's perspective is valuable as long as it's good intention. You know, I'm not calling up any KKK members. Um, right. <laughs> so, <Good> Lord. <laughs> um, but yeah, so thank right. you, man, for coming on here. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on and it's great catching up with you. Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, obviously social media allows us to keep in touch, but, uh, it's, a uh, definitely something to, uh, to hold true. Definitely. We should keep in touch, man. Absolutely, man. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Steve. Steve. All righty. Let's see here. We're going to call Jaylene. Jaylene has been on the podcast previously. I love uh, I love Jaylene. I really do. And she's very passionate about this uh, particular movement. Let's move that audio up a little bit. Hello? Hello, Jaylene. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Um, go ahead, talk just one more second because you cut out there. I just want to make sure everything's going to sound okay. No, you're good. I put you on like speaker, but you sound like kind of far away. But then I just realized my volume is down. So, okay. And yeah, okay. Yeah, you sound a lot better. All right. Um, so, uh, I know, I know, uh, we did a, a podcast previously and that was filled with a lot of laughs and, um, joking around and, and, and whatnot. And yeah, this one's a lot different. This is a, this is a, a very different kind of recording between the two of us. And also you told me Melissa is going to be joining in. Um, so, but, uh, you're someone that is, uh, out of everyone that I've talked to so far, you're probably the one that's the most active in terms of, uh, you know, just, if you see something you want to share with everyone, you share it. If you know, you're, you're very outspoken about what's going on right now. So that's why I knew I was like, I got to get Jaylene on here because she's very passionate about this. I'm, I'm passionate about it. And so what is, what is, uh, what's going on in terms of your headspace and, and the way you're processing everything? Um, I mean, I guess like 
I'm like really like upset that this is happening you know because like especially how I grew up like I have foreign parents you know and it's it's interesting because like if you look at my parents you know you don't you know it's I mean like they're white you know what I mean it's not like you know like well we've I don't think like I've never experienced it myself but knowing because like my dad he's Portuguese and he told me when he first came here like he was treated different only because like he spoke another language you know what I mean and like especially like my grandparents that they still like don't know English that well and stuff and it really sucks because like even then like some of my closest friends you know like really good people like it's happening to them and it's unfair you know and I just don't understand why people are still thinking like this you know what I mean like we're in 2020 right now you know like it's upsetting because like I feel like we're in the second like civil rights like movement you know what I mean and I thought I'd never like never in my life Eddie what I thought that I would experience like this you know what I mean like I never thought I'd be pretty much living in like a history book you know because like like reading through history and stuff I'm like wow like this is amazing like like I was everyone else I was like wow I wonder like what it's like being in something like that and then here I am like fucking 24 years old like I'm still young you know it's not you know and I can only imagine like the older generation living through it twice yeah you know yeah that's the thing about it is the fact that um it is 2020 and you know you can ask yourself how far how far like how 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 different are we compared to we'll just say 1950 you know it, it, it almost seems like we're pretty much the same we have smartphones we have google uh and maybe that's it <laughs> and you know it's 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 a sad sad time it's you know, one of the benefits of it is, um, and this is something I talked about earlier in my intro to this, because I've been going, I haven't taken, this is all one take. It's just been dial, dial, dial. And mm -hmm. and I talked about how, uh, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, uh, the actor Ice-T, he, he tweeted out something along the lines of, you know, you better believe if we didn't have cameras, like if every single person didn't have a camera on their phone, this would have been swept under the rug. And, you know, it it's something I knew inside of me but it took me reading that to be like that's the that's the fucking truth it would have it would have been swept under the rug and so you know we're different in that respect because if this was 1950 that shit would have been oh uh, it was it was something that he did to deserve it you know um mm -hmm. it's it's crazy it, it, it's just so crazy to me but i love that you're so like as far as I can tell, this is the only thing that you've been really posting about. Like, like, you're, like you're not really posting about happy-go-lucky things. Yeah, um, and like, and sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like going back to the whole like um, seeing stuff on Twitter, I remember back in 2014 when this whole like you know Black Lives Matter movement started. Um, I was on Twitter, and it like I read something it was like it was a black guy like tweeting and he was like listen I don't understand like what's happening right now and he's like my people aren't even like looking for revenge you know like we're just looking to be looked like as an equal and I was like holy shit like I think 
after reading that, it kind of like changed my whole like perspective on like how I look at people because like it's like we've oppressed these people for like centuries, you know, and I'm sure like there's certain people that are just like, no, revenge, revenge. Like we need to, you know, like we need to show them like they can't do that to us. Like we need to like show them how it feels, you know, and it's, that's what's like sad too is that like none of these people are looking for that yeah like yeah i don't yeah like i don't i've never i don't think i've i don't like i haven't seen it like there's like you know millions of people you know posting and stuff so but like as of right now i've never seen someone be like we need to show these people like what it's like you know what i mean like not I don't think not once out of all the posts that are read and like reposted, like I've not seen that like at all. And I think that's what frustrates me like the most is because like, these are such like peaceful people. Like they just want to live like us, you know, they just want to go out with like their family and like enjoy a nice dinner, you know, or, you know, like kids want to go out and like play in the yard or like out in the streets, just like everyone else, you know what I mean? Like live a childhood and yeah, now we're living in a year where there's a bunch of fucking 12 year olds like leading a movement. You know what I mean? Like, cause I think Mel, well, I mean, you're, you're going to talk to like Melissa soon, but like she was telling me, uh, she went to like a protest, I think the other day and that protest like in Flagler was organized by like what looked like 12 year old girls. Really? And I'm, yeah. Wow. And then what and then I know my friends in Arizona protested in like downtown Phoenix like the other day and like they have pictures and like the streets were like flooded with people like protesting and it was crazy to see all those people but the people who organized it was four teenage girls and I was like I was like oh my gosh I was like why are these teenagers like, why do these teenagers have to be in charge of something like this? You know what I mean? Like, that's so, that's so sad, you know? Yeah. Like, their headspace are so much, like, more mature than, like, everyone else's, you know? And I guess, I guess in a way, like, it, it's good that they can think like that. But at the same time, they shouldn't have to. No, 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 they shouldn't. You know, like, that's a huge burden for, like someone who's still trying to figure out who they are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've always cared about, you know, this, the, the this matter, but it really started to be uh, uh, driven home for me after the birth of my, my, uh, my niece. And cause she is, um, uh, my, my sister is white and her boyfriend at the time was black. So my niece <laughs> is a, is a mix now. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this and it's, that's why it's, I don't know, it's just been more important to me ever since then. And then on top of that, just the fact that usually when you see these videos, right, usually a lot of times it's, it's, it's enforced with, with a bullet. It's not something that is extended eight, nine, 10 minutes long. I watched the entire video uncut. It was one of the worst things that anyone can watch. It's, it's a prolonged murder. It's not even because, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've talked to a lot of people that are adamant about this is not like, like he did not die naturally. This is a murder. It's a, that like, so, so, so stop referring to it as the death of George Floyd. It's the murder of George Floyd. You know, 
it's a prolonged mm-hmm. murder. It's someone that is begging for what every single person needs, including the guy kneeling on his neck. And I don't know, it just hit me harder than all those other times that I've seen this injustice happen. And I, I guess it's because it's how long it is. It's, it's uncut. It's not, it's not over in two seconds with a bullet. It's so inhumane, the whole thing. And I don't know, it's, um, something that I really like one of your posts that really hit me was that post you shared about, um, for all my all lives matter people. Um, because I'm going to, I mean, and, and at the beginning of this episode, I talk about it cause I, I had a conversation with a, a friend of ours who I don't want to drop the name, but it's a mutual friend. You and I both know her. And, um, uh, we had a discussion and, um, I came completely clean and I'm going to come completely clean to you prior to this conversation with her. I did not completely understand the all lives matter thing. I didn't understand that. And I said it to her. And at that time I did believe it. I did believe it. And I, after she left, she, she literally stormed out and I didn't understand why. And I did the, the only thing I knew that I could do, which is, okay, well, if she doesn't want to, talk to me if she doesn't want to you know uh, stay which she had every right to not do then i have to educate myself and so i did my research and i found out why that saying while it is good intentioned and that came from barack obama he understands why people say this and but he also explained why it's wrong and it opened my eyes to it so that's why i've been really adamant about saying you know, if someone is ill-informed, because I was that person, if someone's ill-informed instead of, and I'm not saying that this person was wrong in leaving, but instead of doing that, educate, you know, get me on board because I am good intentioned. I want to be on board with you. And so I don't know, that's like, but, but your post that you shared recently, that's a, a really beautiful way. I, I, I actually led off this episode by reading that because, um, it just, it makes a lot of sense, you know? Yeah. And I know, like, I'm not going to lie to you, Eddie, like, I'm going to come clean too. I was uh, one of those people that instead of like sitting and like educating, I completely like shut off. Like I unfollowed people. Like I burnt bridges between like, you know, friends. Uh, like I was like really cool with and stuff. And the more that I thought about it, I was like, well, Jesus, Jaylene, you know what I mean? Like, how, how are they going to know, like, if you don't tell them, you know what I mean? And so I did, I'm starting to trying to reach back out to them and, you know, apologize because it wasn't fair and it was very like impulsive, you know, and uh, that's something that I'm trying to work on like myself because, you know, my personality sometimes can be like, you know, pretty impulsive and stuff. And um, I'm trying to like stop myself and like really think about it. And So I actually, you know, obviously with your permission, I actually made a list of like certain ways like people can educate themselves like with something like this. Like, for example, I think I can speak for the both of us when I say like we're both movie people, right? Like we're most likely to watch a movie about this than like read a book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like I actually like you know did some research I even reached out to my friend Zach who like watches a bunch of movies and like does a bunch of movie reviews and I was like hey 
like I'm working on a project because my friend Eddie's like doing a podcast like can you help me you know because he's seen more of these movies than I have and he mentioned some like uh Fruitvale Station is one of them uh Get Out Get Out was a crazy movie too I don't know like if you've watched it but it was a popular movie and it honestly it was a crazy movie like to watch something like that um Another one is Just Mercy. I know a lot of people are talking about that one, but I actually watched it the other day. And Eddie, I was like, oh my gosh, like I, like the first like five minutes of the movie, I had to like pause it and just kind of like walk around my house. (laughs) Because I was like, I don't even know if I have like the like mentality to like watch this movie. But like when I did, it was like, it was fucking crazy. Because like this happened like after you know, like, the civil rights, like, movement, well, kind of, I, I don't want to say, like, ended, but, like, you know, they created new laws where, like, you know, Black people were supposed to, like, you know, freely do things, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it just, it didn't change, because it, it was based off of, like, Alabama, you know what I mean? And so it was still very, you know, like, it was still... It, it it felt like it didn't change at all, you know? And also just a heads up on that one. That one, they made the movie free all of June. So, because uh, I know like I watched it off like Amazon Prime and if you hit rent, like they don't charge you for it. Nice. So, and the cool yeah. part about those, the, those suggestions is uh, Fruitvale and Just Mercy, they both star Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel, and like... Um, and I feel like people are most likely to like watch that too. Cause like, he is like a good actor and he is like well-known. So they're like, okay, like, you know, I'll watch it for like the actor and stuff. And it's really good that Fruitvale station is the one that if, um, cause I know you probably have more, um, but just out of those three, cause I've, I haven't seen just mercy, but I have seen the other two and Fruitvale station. That is a, that's a, that's a powerful one because it is a true story. It's based on Oscar mm-hmm. Grant is the, is the guy's name. And um, it happened, uh, I think, 2009. I could be wrong on the date, but it was New Year's, like like New Year's Eve it takes place on. And um, yeah, it's it's eerily similar to what we're dealing with right now, but it is different because it is a bullet. It's a bullet. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful example. Um, if you have more, feel free to list them off. Yeah, I'll just, like, I'll just probably name, like, a couple more, because, like, honestly, there's so, there's just, like, so many, you know, like, we could be here probably (laughs) for, like, 30 minutes, you know, but, like, a couple ones is, uh, like, one I really wanted to watch is, like, Detroit, um, and, like, Mudbound. I know they even have, like, TV shows, like, on Netflix that they're showing right now. It's, like, When They See Us, like, 13th. I know uh, Dear White People was a very popular one when it first came out. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. And like, there's also other stuff too. Cause I, um, cause I also wanted to talk about, there's like, you know, like books on it, like, you know, the hate you give, um, the new Jim Crow. Uh, I haven't read it, but when I was like looking at it, it seems like very interesting because it talked about, you know, like black people still like being in bars and not having like their rights, even like when they were supposed to kind of change it like in a way it's kind of like similar to like just mercy i think okay uh but it's like an it's like a biography very cool and yeah and then 
there's also like other ways that you could like through art. I follow two people on Instagram. One of them is art by W-A-K. I think it pronounced like whack, but, um, but like he, he's like an exquisite artist at a, like, I'm telling you, like, if you go through your Instagram, like art by like W-A-K, his name is Kevin Williams and he paints like he's a black artist and he paints like of his people. And like, for example, there's this one painting that he did during like election month. And it's pretty much of a black man trying to put in his ballot. But if you look at the details, his ballot is like tainted, like with blood. And there's like, um, there's like a couple like white arms like trying to hold him back and like even like a man with like a black arm like trying to hold him back too of like putting in that ballot you know something like that so people who like can educate themselves like through art like they know they understand like art that's how they you know kind of educate themselves like I would probably suggest looking him up um there's also another one it's like ayy period bee uh, that's his Instagram name. His name is Adrian Brandon. I actually discovered him this morning off of like a friend's um, story off Instagram, but he's doing like a series where he would color a portrait the like during the times that it took for them to die. So like, for example, George Floyd, he only had yeah, I think he only, or is it years? I don't know. It's like years or minutes, but he did a, uh, he colored a portrait of George Floyd. Um, and I think he did it in like, like a total of like 12 minutes or something like that, or like eight minutes and 45 seconds. But, and like that representation, he was like, look, like, look how much like he had left, you know, like in his life. And so like, if you see only like very small portions of it are colored, you know what I mean? Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah. That's like another good one. And then, you know, there's a bunch of podcasts like um, about race. There's Momentum, a race forward like podcast, uh, 1619 New York Times. I know you're more of a podcast like kind of guy as oh, yeah. well. Oh, yeah. So I've heard like any of those. Um, but I actually took this off of like, um, there's an athletic brand that I follow on Instagram called Gymshark. They actually posted those, like some podcasts, like people can listen to like while they're working out or something and other ways, like people can educate themselves is like through music as well. You know, like people who can understand like, you know, more than just like the beats, they can understand like the lyrics through them. Like I know when Childish Gambino released This Is America, you know, there was like two types of people. There was like the first one was just kind of like, oh, shit, like, you know, he's back. Like, this is like, this is the shit, you know. And then there was the second half where it was just like, yo, but like, have you heard it? Like, have you seen the music video? Like he opened up with like the Jim Crow kind of like analogy and all that stuff. And it was just like that song was crazy, you know, yeah. and there's also other ones like uh, Mr. Officer by T. Grizzly, um, Don't Shoot by The Game, uh, Wake Up Everybody, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. And I got these off of Spotify, actually. They made a playlist called Black Lives Matter, and it's pretty much um, all these like Black artists. And there's even like a Beyonce song called Freedom that was like really good. 
and you know they're just kind of talking about you know like what's going on and stuff like that you know and we all know like fuck the police you know by like nwa yeah and a lot of people with that with that playlist they were really upset that uh michael jackson's they don't really care about us wasn't on there did you hear about that no i didn't no yeah i mean i I don't know if they've updated it but uh, that was a that was a big area of uh people were just like are you serious why is why is they don't really care about us not on this list? Yeah, bro, that's I'm actually looking right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm gonna check right now because I honestly I actually didn't see that. Yeah. Because I I tried to like listen to it because like before you know I like talked about something like this on your podcast. I wanted to make sure that like everything was accurate and that, you know like I'm not saying the people that like made this is like inaccurate, but I just I just kind of wanted to like you know double check you know just in case there's like a song thrown in that's like you know because they might not know i don't know it's spotify i don't know who's in charge of this stuff you know (laughs) but (laughs) not on there huh no it's not on there oh my god oh well (laughs) people know about it it's a very popular song so yeah yeah but that's great i mean i love that you that you came prepared i love it it means a lot I don't know. I just wanted to throw a couple things, you know, because some people, if they're not into watching movies or like books or stuff, there's other stuff like, you know, music and art that they can still kind of like, if that's their like, you know, educational language or like whatever, if they can, you know, understand that and not like, you know, acting or like whatever, you know, because that's it's like, oh, no, they're just acting. And it's like, but like, it's more than just that, you know? I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, you can't tell me that when Michael B. Jordan was filming these movies, he probably felt closer to that material than he ever did when he was making Fantastic Four. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. You're right. So, um, no, but that's great. Um, and look, I love, you know, I've said this to every single person because it's true, because I, I know every single person I'm calling. So I could continue to talk to you for... I mean, we did it. We we did an episode um, <laughs> yeah. of like two hours, I think, or close to two hours, something like that. that but um, oh my gosh, it's like um, yeah, a few minutes. It's already almost been like thirty minutes. <laughs> so, uh, is Melissa there, or do I have to dial back? No, she's here. Okay. Hey, Eddie. Oh wow, you were just patiently listening. Yeah. I like. <laughs> I did not even hear anything. Not even just like a like a drop of anything. Oh, that's good because. Um, my parents are like doing something in the kitchen real loud. So that's great. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Anything. Well, this is great. I mean, because I, you know, uh, for everyone listening, I know Jaylene, I know Melissa personally, we all, uh, we all work together at an undisclosed location. Um, and, uh, Melissa for, for everyone. I mean, Jaylene is a, is like a really upbeat, positive person, but I mean, you and I, Jaylene, we both are like compared to melissa the way she's up uh, like upbeat it's like we like it's literally unmatched. night and day unmatched eddie it's unmatched <laughs> upbeatness that's what it is and <laughs> and everybody that, that 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 comes into contact with you probably will say the same exact thing i don't think i've ever seen you i've seen you in like a little bit of a like a kind of a uh, stressful situation. But other than that, I mean, you always come right back. So for someone like you who, I mean, you love, it just seems like this is like how you are in your normal day-to-day life. So even when you leave work, you're very upbeat. 
and something like this comes along that is the complete opposite. And how does that affect someone like you? Because again, you are so positive. So actually it's been very rough, um, but I'll get into why in a little bit. Um, when I first saw the news footage of George Floyd, I went, wait, wait, wait. Is it, are they showing old footage? I thought they were showing Eric Garner. And then as soon as I realized that it was somebody new, I was like, how the fuck is this happening again? Why the fuck is this happening again? And I was instantly enraged. And like you said, you know, I'm pretty upbeat, pretty positive, but I was hella angry. I was so mad. And it got me thinking about the past and why wasn't I that mad back in 2014 when Eric Garner died or not even died, was murdered? Why wasn't I? Because I had blinders on because I like to live in this happy like place, but the real world isn't always so happy, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, back in 2014, I was one of those All Lives Matter people. So I'll, I'll admit that right, right now. And then thinking internally about myself and how am I going to make this situation better? How do I help? How, how do I help change things? Um, I had to realize my privilege, you know, like check yourself real hard. And because I like to live in this happy little bubble because I am a white girl. I didn't have to think about the hard stuff and I didn't really want to think about the hard stuff back then. But now we have to, if we don't, everything is going to continue happening and this is going to happen in another year and it can't. And the way that we go about helping and changing. Like, Eddie, I give you so much credit for doing this because you're bringing all of our voices who some of us have, I'm sure, spoken out more than others, but you're giving this light. And it is so, 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 so important to do that. Um, I have uh, talked to my parents about this topic. I've talked to other people that we are mutual friends with about this topic and they have been in opposition and not really understanding of Black Lives Matter. So I have been constantly discussing with them things, which has caused me to like drain myself pretty much completely. Um, but I think that it is so important to just have conversations that are hard right now. Yeah. Because you don't then you know like you said with Jaylene like you're a good intention person you want to learn I think because I like to believe the best in people in general I think most people are good intentioned but they just need to learn they might not really want to learn right now but we have to try and coach them and help them and I'm also like coaching and helping myself because I'm still learning you know, I know Jaylene's still learning. I'm sure you're still learning. It's constant. It doesn't change. And I think that back when um, our business initiated the bias that we had to go through, that was super enlightening. And I think more employers should do that 
for their employees and workers, especially now, especially now. That is very true. I know that we work at a place that um, that does this this consistently, and you know it's easy to make make light of it or make like, oh my god, we're doing this again. Um, but it is it is something that I've never experienced like to this degree of hey guys all right so we're doing some more training hey we're doing some more training they're very they are very current with what's going on and they're very um, you know they're not uh, necessarily afraid to be like all right guys so you, we know you know what's going on so now we're going to do something so that everyone that works here at least is on the same page hopefully and it is really awesome that that's the that that's the case. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it is, it is a, it's a weird, weird time because people and, and, and Jaylene, if you're still listening, I, I like, I'm so happy that, that you had that kind of, I guess you could call it epiphany of like, okay, I don't know why I cut these people out of my life because it's, you know, I mean, someone told me that, 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 that was happening and, um, I, you know, I didn't want to be like, what? Like, 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 it, like, it's just, this is such a, we're not even walking on eggshells. I've said this in this episode previously, but we're walking on Lego pieces. It's never been comfortable. And, <laughs> and yeah. now we're just stepping on those pieces that are literally standing upright and they're really jagged because a little kid has been biting on them. And that's what it is. It's never been comfortable. We're not walking on eggshells. Walking on eggshells sounds comfortable. So it's just, a time where if we say even the slightest thing out of context, people will just run with it. And, and then they, and then they do stuff like cutting people out of their lives. So I'm just so happy that you were like, okay, maybe I should halt for a second here and then reassess the situation because it, it's not worth losing a friendship over if, if, if that person is willing to be on the same page. Now, if they're not willing to be on the same page, I, I 100% understand cutting someone out of your life because that's the, they're the problem. Like, that's why that stuff happened. And since I have both of you on here, I want to know your, both of your takes on the idea of, um, the, 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 the four officers that are now going to be, you know, facing these charges, the people that are appointed or the person, but I would imagine it's people appointed to defend them. How do you how, like where I, I can't wrap my head around defending these four men? Can either of you? I honestly no, because they can't say, "Oh, well, this is how the officers were trained to restrain," because the police department themselves admitted that was not part of their training. So, what gave them the right to do such a thing? You know what I mean? Um, the other officers who weren't the one, you know on his neck, um, they're just as guilty. And I really, I can't imagine being that attorney, honestly. Like, I can't. I just think the only problem is, like, with America is that money talks. Mm, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that there's some people who value money over morality, you know? Because uh, it's like, oh, if you, like, pay me enough, like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, there's still people out there, like, neutral and stuff like that, but, Corruptible you know, people. Yeah. 
so I mean I I mean obviously I don't know like the attorney what's going through the head who knows like fuck they're probably stressed as hell like at home like how the hell am I gonna do this not even that like finding a jury that hasn't seen anything don't doesn't know anything that's going on they must be living under a rock you know yeah yeah and so talking about that spotify playlist they should add in i don't know if it's on there but that song i forget what the actual title is but it's that song of money is the root of all evil kind of thing because i mean this is a great example of that you know what i mean because that that makes a lot of sense it's it's going to be put aside your morality put aside the fact that it's it's pretty cut clear and dry this was murder so good luck trying to defend that oh but you're going to pay me to do it okay i can put my morality aside so, you know, it, it's just I feel horrible for his entire family because, you know, they're probably thinking about, you know, I mean, obviously they're not thinking about anything else right now. And it's crazy. Like, this is going to be a year. Like, I don't know how this year could get any worse. Like, seriously. But like, seriously, like what? Like, like, like what else? Like an asteroid hits us or something like I saw an article and there was an asteroid heading towards the earth. That's but... why, yeah, that's why I said it because I saw that article too. I was like, come on, are you kidding me? Now we got an asteroid passing us safely, but it could have hit us. But, yeah. oh my God. But I, I, I love that Melissa and Jaylene, they're both, you know, somehow you guys find a way to be positive and, and, and it's cliched, but it's true. That's, that's, that's what we need. We need more Jaylene's and Melissa's, you know, we need more of that kind of a, of an attitude. Um, because you know, I, I, I wish the world could be Disney world. I like, I really do. Oh my God. It's only, it. I am missing me. that happy place of ours. Let me tell you, that's what we all need. Oh, right. And then, uh, not, not to go off like real topic here, but do you guys remember like it came out uh, maybe at the end of last year or something, but there was like a video of something happening inside one of the parks. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like a big. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that um, just, I mean, that felt like, oh, come on. Now it's, now it's infecting Disney World. Yeah. Horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. But look, I, um, I've, uh, I'm looking at my timer here. I, I, I just hit two hours and five minutes. So I gotta, I gotta make some more calls here and I don't want this podcast to be five hours because no one's going to listen to it. So, um, you for doing what you're doing because really raising awareness and having these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I knew I needed to get, uh, to get both of you on because yeah, it's just, it's, it, it's very important. And I know we're all very passionate about this. So I will, uh, I will see both of you very, very soon. Yeah. All right, Eddie. We'll see you, Eddie. All Take right. it easy. Bye. Bye. Ah, uh, there, uh, everybody's so great. I love everybody that's been on so far, but seriously, I got, I got a long list here. I got, I got to make some more calls here. Uh, let's call Tanaya, my friend Tanaya who uh, told me recently that her, let me turn this audio down so it doesn't kill us. Um, She's probably not going to pick up uh, because her cousin passed away. Like last night, I believe she said. So um, I am, my, my thoughts, my love is with you tonight if you're listening to this, but I do believe she recorded a um, something. We'll see. You have reached the voicemail box of three, eight, six. Mm, nope. 
don't want her number out there. It's okay, Tanaya. I, you know, because she messaged me and she was like, I'll try to record something. And I told her, hey, look, it's totally fine, even if you don't record something. So let's continue on here. We're going to call, um, let me do, 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 let us call Alvante, my friend Alvante from high school. I went to uh, the same high school as him. And uh, I believe he's a pastor. So. Let's see if he picks up. Your call has been forwarded uh, to an automatic voice message system. Three, eight. Nope. All righty, darn. Uh, let's see here. We're going to continue on this train. We're going to continue rolling down this train. All right, let's call Javante, my friend Javante, who um, I know will not be picking up, but uh, I listened to her message earlier. So here we go. I, I do know that she recorded a message. She's also been on the podcast. Love her. So let's listen to her message. Hello, everyone. My name is Javante Walker. I am actually a woman of color. I am black. And, of course, I went through a whole bunch of racism and power of authority growing up. It is hard. It is actually confusing because I don't understand where this hate and this fear come from, honestly. Um, but seeing everything that's been happening after, you know, African-American, after African-American just been hurt from either racism or police brutality, I have no words. I have no words for the confusion and the fear and the just blatant hate that comes off of people just because they don't understand a color or understand a culture or understand a sexuality. It, it just, it, it baffles me and it hurts me to my core that people cannot just stand up and say, hey, you know what? You look different. You're different. Please let me help you. Let me love you. Let me understand you. And it's happening a little bit more frequent, a lot more frequent. I think people just need to see how this is actually hurting the world instead of just, you know, something to do or something you see. And now I see that people are making jokes and challenges and putting it on social media. This has to stop. I don't know how we can stop it as a community, as a world, as a nation, as whatever. But as human beings, we should promote love and light. And I think everyone has a duty in this world to promote that. So please keep that in mind. Have a great day and be blessed. So there is her message uh, to all of us, and she couldn't be more right, you know, um, talking quickly on those challenges that uh, people have been releasing, uh, utter stupidity, utter stupidity. Why would this become a challenge? What is the point of it? What does that do? What, a photo op? No, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me unless I'm missing something, which I'm 99.9% .9 sure I'm not. It doesn't work. It's not good. 
So I, I really wish I could have got her on here to talk about this because uh, she's uh, just as upset about it as I am. So those challenges, those things need to stop and she doesn't know what we can do about it. But I do know that if we're vocal enough about it, that's something that, you know, people should not be sharing. And hopefully maybe enough people talk about it and, and the social media sites take those things down. You know, there's certain things that just don't help the cause. You know, that's not educational. Like, like that, like that does nothing for anybody except demean what George Floyd went through. That's the, literally, that's all it is. Um, so having said that, uh, let's continue on here. Uh, we're going to call, uh, let's call fate. That is, yes, his name is fate, believe it or not. Um, he actually dated my sister, the one I was talking about earlier, who had my niece, Michaela. They were a thing in high school. So I've known him for a while. You have reached the voicemail uh -oh. box of two all righty. I look, I mean, I understand people have lives, people, you know, I couldn't give anyone a time because I'm calling so many people. So I, you know, I, I couldn't be like, Hey, I'll call you at this time because I can't predict how long the conversation is going to go on for. So, um, let's call, let us call, um, Kyle, Kyle, who has also been on the podcast previously, um, and see if he wants to pick up. Though I think when this episode comes out, his episode hasn't been released yet. But trust me, he's been on. Come on, Kyle. You said you'd pick up. Hi, you've reached Kyle Carlson. I can't get to the phone right now, but if you leave me your name, number, and a brief message, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Oh, okay. Here we go. At the tone. Hey, Kyle. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. I was really nervous. I was like, oh, no, he's not going to pick up. No, I was plugging in my headset, and as soon as I plugged it in, it disconnected the call. Ugh. I was like, oh, no. Um, well, hey, I'm happy that uh, that uh, you were uh, wanting to come on here and uh, willing to uh, you know, share your perspective. I've, uh, as of this, I've been going for two hours and 13 minutes, so... Um, I've uh, I've talked to some people, and uh, I'm just curious to know where your headspace is when you process this. Being being a a white male, where do you, how do you process this? Well, I mean, first things first, I do want to thank you for taking the time to do this. I think it's important that somebody is sharing it. Um, I feel like a lot of people are sharing it in their own ways, but I feel like this is definitely a great platform for you to share how you feel and to allow other people to. Share how they feel as well. So thank you for doing that. First of all, yeah. Uh, for me, as a white male, I feel like it, there's there's a time to be an ally, right? But I feel like for any white person that wants to be an ally, we first also have to look inwards at like, what have we done? You know, like where where are you at in this process? Do you contribute to it? Do you have you contributed to it in the past? You know what I mean? And if you have what are you going to do to change the way that you look at the world before you can impact how other people look at the world? That's great, man. That's great. So are you doing, um, 
are you uh, doing any kind of uh, participating of the protests or is that something that you're not exactly comfortable with? Because, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, look, I, I understand both views of it, of people being like, ah, I want to, but I don't know because it is such a, you know, you don't know how this thing's going to go. Yes, it's, it's advertised as peaceful, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think for me, I just haven't gone because, you know, the pandemic hasn't gone away either. You know, and I care a lot about my family and the people around me. So I haven't put myself in situations where I could potentially contract it and give it to somebody else. I have donated to other causes. And like I said, I've been trying to do a lot of inward research, which is more so like I know when I was younger and I I would say as recent as maybe even a year ago, like if I have black friends, I'm like, you're like the whitest black friend I know, you know, and that in itself is a racist statement. Even though, you know, it's out of good fun and out of like good context, it's a racist statement. So it's like going back to those small things that you do, right? And like I I can say for me, I've walked faster past a black person in a neighborhood where I might not feel comfortable just because of the color of their skin. You know? Is it okay, because I totally know what you're what you're referring to there. And um it's good that you've been doing this reflecting. I've been doing it as well. And um, just to talk about that really quickly, I, you know, uh, I don't necessarily know because I'll be completely honest with you. If I was in a neighborhood, right, that 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 was the way you're describing it, that person could be anybody. And I feel like I would walk a little faster just because the neighborhood is kind of shady. So, you know, it's uh, like I'm not saying don't beat yourself up too hard about it, but like something like that, I mean you could replace that person with another person and I would still walk equally as fast just because I'm in a really kind of fucked up neighborhood. <laughs> right. But are we, are we na- labeling that neighborhood as fucked up because of the, the color of the people who are in that neighborhood or because of the way the neighborhood looks because of the poverty of the neighborhood? Why are we labeling it that? Yeah. Th- those are all things that I've inwardly started looking at because I feel like the first step to change is to change yourself. And I, I kind of talked to you about that when we talked the other day, was that anytime that I've gone into something wanting to change something, it starts with me first. And then where can I go from there? Yes. And um, I think this, honestly, I think this one, because I'm going to uh, release this, I think either today or tomorrow, this this entire episode. So it's going to actually, uh, your, like our episode hasn't come out yet. So it's going to be out of order. Um, That's fine. But uh, all the Sorry best to listeners. Yeah, yeah. All, all the best things in life usually are like uh, out of order. Just kind of prequel it, you know. This is uh, yeah. This is your second appearance, but really your first. If we're going in, yeah. uh, in the release order. But um, yeah, man, it's it, it it is something that you have to think about. You know, why am I why am I labeling this this neighborhood? But yeah, I it's it's a crazy thing. And I was talking earlier about the the all all lives matter issue, and that was oh, something I. I did a lot of reflecting on because I was a part of, you know, really believing in that. And the the issue with it is the fact that, you know, someone um, and I led the episode off with this 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 post that someone shared, and um, you know, it really opened my eyes to it. It's basically saying, you know, when um, uh, when those mass shootings happened in Las Vegas, and everyone said, you know, stand with Vegas or something. You didn't flip it and say, well, what about the city I live in that gets shot up? So why are we flipping, 
when a black man dies, why are we saying all lives matter? It, it, it should be black lives matter because that's the cause that needs attention right now. So it really opened my eyes to it, but I was one of those people that was on that train of every single person matters and it is good intentioned. You know, it is a, it's coming from it as a, as a human, it's coming from it as there. And that's the ideal situation, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. That's the ideal situation where there is no privilege. Privilege is a word that I, as of almost two weeks now, since this event happened, I hate this word now because it's, it's, it's a real, like if seriously, it's a disease of a word. No one should have a privilege. No one should be privileged more than someone else. So, you know, the ideal situation, the Disney world version of life, every single person, all their lives would matter. There would be no this or that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I completely would agree with the, with the statement, all lives matter. However, I disagree with the context behind the statement when it's used currently, right? So all lives matter only came out after initially Black Lives Matter was first stated, you know, five, six years ago. People only then started saying all lives matter. I think that for someone that, you know, has no racial intention behind it or isn't using it to protect themselves from somebody else saying, you know, Black Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter, whatever it is. But then they're like, no, hold on. That's not what matters. All lives matter. Well, sure. Nobody who's saying right now that Black Lives Matter is out there going around being like, but I don't give a shit about Hispanics and I don't give a shit about white people. I only care about black people. Everybody else can fuck off. I don't think that's what it means. Right. But I think that's what the all lives matter people feel like that means to them, that they're saying, well, you know, but you're correct in thinking that the black the Black Lives Matter movement is something that as many people as we can get to stand behind it right now need to stand behind it because I think it will bring more justice to a more equal world that could be a world where all lives do actually matter. Yes. that Dude, it, it blows my mind how well-spoken you are. <laughs> Seriously. Thank you. It really Thank does. You. You know, it's, it's years of practice. <laughs> and, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I'm happy that, you know, I've, I've laughed with, I think, every single person that's come on so far. And it's been a wide spectrum of, of people. And, you know, I didn't know if we would be able to find comedy in this. And it's funny. I, uh, I was going to do a, I was, I was about to have a comedian actually on my podcast, uh, two days ago and he rescheduled. And, uh, I don't know. I, he gave me a reason and it was something like, I want to wait till I have this thing to promote, but I, I feel like he felt as though maybe right now is not the time to be a comedian and so, go ahead. Yeah. I don't think, I, I think right now actually comedy would be a great thing, but at the same point, when we're looking at, uh, you know, blackout Tuesday and a lot of what people want to promote right now is about, you know, taking the time to be introspective and also taking the time to educate yourself. And if you are, I don't know if this comedian is white, black, I don't know. Right. But if he is a, a white person like you and I, then I think it's about not promoting yourself right now and about promoting the cause. If you really want to be an ally and you really want to fight, don't promote yourself, promote the cause. And yeah, comedy would be great. But I think comedy for us right now should come from, you know, some of our, our black creators and our black entertainers who, who can share that. So then we can put the spotlight on what we need right now, which is that equality, which is all of that and promote 
the the people who haven't been equally get, granted the opportunity to promote themselves. God, dude, <laughs> you need a podcast. You need a podcast. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, I don't want to take the spotlight from you, Eddie. Yeah. You know? so. <laughs> dude, you need a podcast, man. You need a podcast. Oh, God. I, uh, you know, it's funny. I, well, bad word, but it's, it's, it's interesting to me how, how, how weirdly familiar I feel with you after just recording now twice. Like I feel, I don't know. I feel as though you're the, you're the Regis to my Kelly. Hey, we can do this anytime we want to have, <laughs> happy to come on and have a quick combo. Yeah, dude. But, um, it's great that uh, that 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 you've been doing this introspective kind of learning, and you know it's it, it's definitely a time for for that. You know this is a um, this is a time that uh, is not at all new to us, but it does mm-hmm. feel more important to me for some reason. And I've throughout this episode, I've given reasons why I feel as though it's impacted me more um, because I you know ask myself why why when. You know, uh, Jesus, I don't know. We'll go back to the Oscar Grant, the guy that the the movie Fruitvale Station was based off of. Right. Um, uh, Out of California. Was it California? Yeah, it's out of the Bay Area. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, like, why when that happened, did it not matter to me as much or not affect me as much? Not that it didn't matter, but that was 2009, I believe. So, I was only, you know, I was at a different stage of my life and... And, uh, you know, something that I've really realized through, through mutual, well, not mutual, but, uh, through friends of mine that are black, you know, this, and again, this is why I say this word privilege is something that, yes, they're right. I never thought about it because I don't have to think about it because it's sort of from birth. That's, I guess, what is granted to us in a weird fucked up way that we don't even ask for it. You know, I was telling her, I was like, I didn't ask for this privilege. I don't like, honestly, I don't want this privilege. You can have this thing that is supposedly putting me up on a higher pedestal and not even supposedly is putting me up on a higher pedestal. Like this is where, you know, uh, you really have to watch what you say, but it's like, it is putting you up on a pedestal and I don't want it anymore. You know, like that's what I told her. I was like, just please take it. I don't want it. Okay. I, all I want is fucking Disney world right now. That's what I want. Okay. And I know right. you and I talked about Disney World prior, so. Yeah, but I, I mean, who wouldn't want that, right? But I think to your point where you said, like, this happened in 2009, there was an article that I was reading. Um, I think it somebody named Peter Turchin, I think is how you would pronounce his name. Uh, he was saying that uh, there's cycles of violence, you know, whether it be in the United States or throughout history that happened in about 50 year cycles, Right. So if we look back to, you know, Martin Luther King protests and in uh, Rosa Parks and all that, that was 50, 60 years ago. So in this cyclical thing after that, they found peace. But it wasn't that the, the that it was justified and that there was equality. It was just that there was peace and there was retribution and there were some answers found for what they were fighting for during the civil rights movement. It's not that it was completely absolved. It's just that a lot of the the what the what were the forefronts of the problems at the time were addressed right but then after years of oppression and and more and more time passing where things just get you know uh insanely worse you know with with at least with the judicial system and you know making sure that you know u.s imprisons more people than anybody else and 
it's like one in three are African-American or something like that. Don't don't quote me on that. But I think it's something like that. But that's the way that they got around it. Right. And it's still a really racial subject. So then once everything happened and I think the the nail in the coffin is all the recent murders by police on the African-American community. And that's what's leading us to all stand up now because it's it's enough is enough already, right? And it took way too long. And now this is where it comes to. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it is a beautiful thing that we have the ability to film this stuff because, you know, it's, uh, I can't imagine what it would be like if we didn't, you know? Um, it would, uh, it would just, if it's going to take another 50, 60, 70, 80 years to fix this thing, if you don't have right. that ability, then it's going to, like, I don't, uh, good luck even imagining that this stuff would ever stop because, you know, it, it's just strange to me because this is something that I've been thinking about is, is the guy that kneeled on his neck, is he inherently racist? Is that something that, because I know like, cause they're going to go on trial and someone's going to have to defend him and someone's going to have to prosecute him. Right. So there's going to be a, you know, guilty, not guilty kind of thing going on here. And so the person that's going to try to make him seem or not even seem, but to make him, you know, get the, the, the worst punishment that he deserves, they're going to say, this guy was racist. I mean, look at him. I mean, he, he he's, he, he's kneeling on a guy's neck for eight, nine, 10 minutes, looks up sees people filming him doesn't do anything doesn't flinch it just like literally the the definition of heartless right and i don't know if the act itself is is because he is racist i think it is because of racial undertones that exist in his mind due to society or due to his inability it's to distinguish that he is racist right i don't think i don't think this person would have been actively racist right but i think in that moment thinking of what he was thinking of then the the trigger flips right i don't think you know i don't think very many people today i think there are definitely people that exist that are actively racist but i don't think a lot of people are you know, 100% actively racist, but I don't think right now it's enough to be just, I'm not racist, right? It, it's, you got to look at yourself and what have I done? What am I doing? And how can I be better? And for for that cop himself and for the people who are defending him, is the person defending him racist? I would say if you are now trying to defend him and you're a lawyer and you're that greedy for money, then you're a racist. Damn. Yeah. That's, that's something I've just been thinking a lot about is, who I couldn't do it. I like, like I know I couldn't I wouldn't do, it. do it. Yeah. I wouldn't, I mean, if, couldn't do it. If I were a cop right now and people, and I was being told to stand with riot gear, I would drop my badge and go home and find another job. Well, that's what, um, there's that video of that 75 year old man, right. That came up to them and they pushed him and then he fell and he started bleeding. Yeah. And then I, as far as my understanding goes, everybody that was there that, that, uh, didn't get, you know, um, uh, in trouble for lack of a better word, uh, they resigned. They, they were like, we're not doing this anymore. That's my understanding. That's, that's, that's what, that's what you should be doing. If you don't believe in it, drop your badge and walk away. People who are saying blue lives matter. That's bullshit. Blue lives matter. Like you chose that profession and you can choose to leave it. You know, our African-American 
brothers and sisters did not choose to be born with a with their skin complexion and so that people could look at them and feel hatred or feel scared or feel whatever it is that's making them either actively or inactively racist yeah that's a good that's a good way to put it i never thought about that 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 blue lives matter thing because i have heard about it but i never like yeah hearing about that like it's a choice you make so that's that's a good way to put it man look kyle i could i could keep going but uh I got to. We could uh, talk all day, but I know you have lots of people to talk to. Yes. So um, I look forward to uh, the day that we can actually be in each other's presence, man. But uh, until then, enjoy your disc golfing. I did that all day today. It was fantastic. Good way to kind of get away and fresh the brain. There you go, man. Yeah, it's got to find the 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 light in a in a dark world, and I know that that sounds really like good. a. I know that sounds like a, like something that I'm trying to get put into a, I don't know, like a Barnes and Noble exclusive, um, but I but I promise it's not. It's just it's something I believe. Um, we, can, we can start with putting it on T-shirts, Eddie, and then we'll go from there. And then we'll end up comes. in Barnes and Noble. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> one step at a time. That's all it takes. I really, once again, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and allowing a lot of people to have this platform to kind of talk about something that they believe in, and also something for you just bringing it to people in more of a mass way and shedding light on it. I think that's really, really um, important. And I think it's really notable of you to do. So thank you. Thank you, brother. And I will talk to you soon, man. Absolutely. You have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Ah, man. God, I love that guy. Let's see here. Who have I not called up yet? Lily. Let's call Lily. Lily. Or I think she might go by Curry. I know on social media she goes by Curry. But let's see. Hello. Hello, Lily. Yes. Oh man, I have, uh, this is a uh, two hours and 30 minutes into this. So, uh, I've been uh, doing quite a lot of talking here and I want to, uh, because when I made that social media post, uh, you sent me a message and, um, you were talking about how, uh, you mentioned your boyfriend in that message yes. and yes. feel free, uh, uh, feel free to just, uh, take over. But, um, I, I want to kind of highlight that because you brought up something of it's not, it's not necessarily a black versus white issue that's going on right now. So go ahead and and talk about that for me just a little bit. Yes. So it's, it is a everyone versus systemic racism issue. It's about taking the people in authority, like putting people in authority and making them responsible for this continued oppression that has survived for centuries at this point. It's not a coincidence anymore when this thing has been happening for years and years and years. And it's happened in front of me several times where it's just to the point where we need to start taking these people and, and using our voices and our platforms to, uh, make them responsible for everything that they've done. And your boyfriend is 
he's he's Cambodian. Cambodian, okay. And how is he processing this? Is he is he kind of like are you guys active in like the protests that have been going on or like you don't want to mess around I have with been that? I have been active. Um, I have been, you know, looking for places where I could go and make my voice heard. I've been doing most of that on social media. Um, because unfortunately, just my situation, uh, I'm very far away from like Orlando and Jacksonville. And I have a lot of responsibilities. I have several animals that I take care of, so I can't leave them on their own for too long, unfortunately. So I try, I double down on the, uh, on social media. And I'm constantly providing resources. I'm letting people know where they can go to uh, make their voices heard, you know, senators and uh, links to donations and, and stuff like that. And for him, he he's, you know, been processing it in a way that, you know, he, he basically is saying, like, I don't have it as bad, you know, like he doesn't really want to, like, talk about his situation because he doesn't think he has it as bad as black people do in America. And do you agree with that or? Um, I don't know. I'm not in his shoes, so I really can't speak for him sure. on, on yeah. that part. You know, um, all I can say is that like, I have seen him be racially profiled, you know, several times and it's not okay. Every single time it happens. And I wish he would, speak up more about it, but he's a very quiet person by nature. So I'm hoping that, you know, I can do enough work for the both of us and hopefully inspire him to start, you know, going out there more and making his voice heard as well. Yeah. And the idea of um, something that I've been, it's always been on my mind, but it's just like this just hit a tipping point for me of the idea of a law enforcement, the idea of putting a a human in a position to enforce law, to make decisions that, you know, they can make that's inherently flawed and it doesn't matter what comes next. If what comes next is something that, you know, we can, we can suddenly take humans out of the equation. Right. And now we have like, I don't know, some version of RoboCop doing something that's still inherently flawed because it's, it's, it's human created. So we're never not going to see a, a, a law enforcement. As long as law enforcement's around, we're never not going to see a law enforcement that's not flawed because it's always human based, right? Yes. Um, however, you know, me and you both have worked at Starbucks and if Starbucks as a company can take their time to sit us all down and about racial bias and profiling and you know have us all dwell on it as much as it's like it's fucking starbucks it's coffee like if they can do that why can't we do that for the police force like i was doing research today and i found out to be a police officer in florida you have to have all you have to do is have a ged or high school diploma or equivalent you have to be 19 years old and pass a background check and then pass an exam and go to police academy for six months and then you're a police officer. That's all the training they're getting. Damn. And I, I, and I, I didn't know that. Yeah. And and some police academies across the state, it's not it's not required to have a psyche valve. That's not a mandated thing in in most police academies. It's only some. Wow. Yeah. 
So it kind of, you know, light bulb moment. I was like, well, here's the problem right here <laughs> is you're giving these people six months to learn, you know, the state laws, traffic control, um, criminal investigation procedure, firearms, you know, procedures and stuff like that. You're giving these people six months to do that. Six months. That's it. 22 to 27 weeks. And then like, and then they, they go out there and then that's it. And nowhere along the line, do they have that, like that moment, like you just said about if like Starbucks, like if something happens in the world, Starbucks will take a moment and they'll be like, all right, now we're going to sit you down and now we're going to talk about this particular issue. Okay. So now you all understand. All right, good. Now go make some more coffee. They don't do that with cops. They don't like sit them down. No, from what I, from what I looked and then I looked at several, like ask uh, ask Reddit threads as well. I was like, oh, what was the most like difficult part of police academy? Almost every single answer was, oh, the physical training part was the worst part. You know, like that was the hardest. It wasn't like they didn't sit down and get like, like no one mentioned really ac- academics at all. So it, it seems like the academics bit is maybe easy because no one mentioned that. They just like, oh, the physical, the physical part was awful. It was rough. You know, I was tired all the time. So I'm like, all right, well, if they're tired all the time and then you sit them in a room trying to teach them things, how much are they going to absorb after that? Yeah. Oh, God. But so there, I mean, we're just, we're just putting the, the nail in the coffin in terms of how inherently flawed everything about it is. It's just, <laughs> that's, it, that is the issue. And it's, um, Something else that I've been asking, um, I don't think every single guest, but I've been, you know, kind of sporadically asking is uh, the idea of when this guy, this guy, like the main guy, the main officer that was kneeling on George Floyd's neck, when he is in court and someone is actually trying to, um, you know, put him in jail, maybe even worse than that, if they're going to try to go for that, they're going to have to prove, I would imagine, I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm not a court expert, but I would imagine they'd have to prove that this guy's racist, right? I mean, they would have to prove that, I mean, the, the video evidence is enough. So this is why I don't understand there's even going to be a court thing for it because I mean, it's pretty cut and dry in my opinion. I mean, it's on video. You, you would, you would think that, um, I again, went down the rabbit hole today and, um, Flandro Castile's, uh, murderer is walking free he got a not a not guilty verdict do you know about that case that's the one where they pulled him over and he was reaching for something and the cop just shot him right yes he so he had let the officer know that he was licensed to carry and that he had a weapon on him and he told him i'm not going for it i'm gonna get my id he was driving his girlfriend and her four-year-old daughter home and he got shot seven times in the test that's right yep and you know i don't i don't yeah, I do remember that. And then I do remember also like, because this was a rare example of, cause usually when that happens and we'll compare it again to the George Floyd thing, cause at the end of that video, if you've seen the full thing at the end of it, when they take his body away, the cop just kind of gets up and walks around and then gets in his cop car. And I, and that's where the video ends. This cop, the one that, that, that shot him, he, he was visibly and audibly shaken by it. He was, you know, he was, and I'm not justifying why he did it, but I'm just saying like, mm. it was, it was a much different kind of response to killing an innocent man. It was, you know, you could hear it in his voice. He kept saying, you know, I told him not to reach for it. I told him. And then I do remember because the wife or the girlfriend, she started streaming it. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, but 
Uh, well, as for as for what you mentioned, the nonchalance of of Derek after he just killed a man. You said he just got in the cop car and left. I couldn't watch the entire thing. Uh, when he started crying out for his mom, I had to stop because that shit was awful. But um, yeah. So it, uh, I could go on for more than ten minutes about <laughs> how much video I've seen of just the nonchalance of police brutality. Like it's been in it. Like, I've seen so much to the point where I am convinced that it needs an entire system reform. We need to start training these guys like we do, like, doctors. Like, there needs to be a several-year-type program where it's they go to school and they get a psyche valve for years, you know, just to make sure, like, they are mentally competent to be in this position of power. Yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, that would be, cause you would really weed out a lot of, uh, you know, you would weed out a lot of, a lot of the bad eggs probably by doing mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. but I mean, go ahead. It, sorry. I just, I thought of another video where I just, uh, this guy was led cops on a high speed chase. He wasn't black, this man, but it was still like, it's, it still shocked me when I saw the video. It was, um, I forget the band's name, but he led police on a high speed chase. He crashed his car. He was climbing out of the car. And on the dash cam, you can see the officer just pull his gun out, shoot him. The guy drops like a sack of potatoes back into the car. And then he just holsters his gun and just keeps walking towards the car. Like he didn't do anything. Damn. And that shot paralyzed that guy. And he died two weeks later, uh, in the hospital. Yeah. 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 Are you watching a lot of these? Uh, cause I watch, um, it's a channel called police activity. Um, are you familiar I'm, with that? I'm not. No. I'm mostly, uh, just going to Reddit. I know that sounds very weird, but, and I do, you know, double check all my sources cause you can't just like watch a video on Reddit and then expect it to all be true. But that's where I'm going for a lot of it because these, it's just like an endless flow of it. And because people are so incensed and angry, they're posting a lot of it to show everyone like, Hey, this is what's going on. And then I also see a lot of it on Twitter as well yeah. where everyone's just, they're t- everyone's tired. Everyone's just tired. So they're just showing the world like, this is what has been going on in America and we are tired. Yep. Yeah. And it took getting to 2020. It took an almost 10 minute video. It took, I mean, I would imagine the, well, the COVID-19 thing. I mean, it's, it's crazy to me that a pandemic that like literally took over the world after this, after the George Floyd um, Mm -hmm. event, I completely forgot about COVID-19. Like I don't even think about (laughs) it right now. You know what I mean? Like I'm, yeah. It's um, like, I, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, PK put it pretty good the other day. He's like, well, you know, because of the pandemic, more people were at home and they weren't as tired from going to work all the time. So they had more mental energy to kind of process what they had witnessed. And I think that short spasm of recovery and, and the fact that, you know, this, it took a slow, it, it took George Floyd's slow burn death for an almost nine minutes to spark empathy 
in the world and finally ignite the flames of solidarity. Like that's, but that's what it took. And I'm tired of it taking black lives for people to kind of wake up and realize like, this is a problem that needs to be addressed. Yes. And that was very well put there. Um, that was very well said. And, and I think on that note, um, I could continue to talk for you or talk with you, (laughs) with you, not for you, with you, um, for a long time, but, uh, um, I'm just happy that you put aside some time to hop on here and uh, just share your, your thoughts and your perspective, because it's, this is something that I feel is very, very crucial at the moment. So, well, I'm glad that you gave me the opportunity and, you know, and are using your platform to do this because, you know, it just, we need to keep the momentum going. We can't just grow complacent after this, like we kept doing, you know, after Tamir Rice, after Trayvon Martin, after, you know, Kessville, like we have to keep going. We can't stop. Cannot. And I, I speak for you and I, when I say, I feel like you and I, at least if no one else were, we're, but we're in good company. I feel like it's like you said, this is, it, it took this to get everybody on board because I feel as though this is, this is a monumental in terms of, of a reaction. Like I've never seen this kind of a reaction. So the the globe is now recognizing it, the entire world. So pretty certain, hopefully, you know, we got the civil rights act after MLK and, you know, I don't want to say like, we're going to get changed now that George Floyd has and all the others have died. Like I said, I'm tired of laws being on the backs of black citizens. I'm really sick of that. But I, if, if nothing else happens, at least an entire system reform and, you know, just the understanding of the world, you know, at, at least that's happening. Exactly. So thank you for coming on and I will talk to you. I'm sure again at some point. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye Lily. Bye. Bye. Uh, she's, uh, yeah, I've known her for a while. Um, God, this is, I'm really happy that uh, so many people are picking up and, and talking to me. I think we're going to call two more people and then we're going to round it out here. Uh, or maybe three. We're going to, ooh, four. Uh, let's see here. Let's uh, let's call Russet Fox, who if you listened to uh, one of my episodes of Calling Folks, or the only episode of Calling Folks, he was at the very end of that episode. So let's see if Russet picks up. Or Nikki. Hello there. Well, hello, Russet or Nikki. Uh, which would you prefer me to call you? <laughs> hello? Uh, Russet, can you hear me? Hey, is this Eddie? It's Eddie. Yes, it is Eddie. Well, good to hear from you again, Eddie. Yes, absolutely. It's it's great to hear you as well. Um, I'm just curious. Do you want me to call you Russet or Nikki? It's up to you. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, I've known you as Russet, so it's going to stay Russet from here on out. But um, uh, Well, that's wonderful. You you commented on one of my uh, posts because I was going to be doing uh, this episode today, and uh, you wanted to hop on here and share your thoughts and opinions about what's going on currently. So um, I wanted to get you on here again. So the stage is yours, my friend. Thank you so much, my friend. You see, when I was growing up, my mother, as a cardiac surgeon, a.k.a. a doctor, a scientist, she did not raise us with me and my sister with the ability to see the way everybody else sees. 
she made sure from the start that we were blind to every way of judging. And I mean every. So by being blind, we had no choice but to see in other ways. Uh, I'll give you an example. Right now, the way we raise people here in this country, it's always about, well, this is a Jewish person. This is their history. This is a black person. This is their history. This is a Mexican person. This is their history. And the one thing you realize is anytime, anytime you start categorizing people and then focus on why their histories are special, why their histories matter, and stuff like that, you end up creating positions where people are now going to start drawing a line in the sand, going, well, this is my spot, that's their spot, that's their spot. So you're always going to force people the hand of categorization. So what my mother would do instead, to make sure that my sister and I never ended up that way, there was no, this is a black person and their history, this is this person and their history, and so on. She would teach us that there was humanity, that's it, the human race, not the black race, the Asian race, the human race. And then when we would ask her, well, why does this person look like this? Why does this person look like that? She would break it down in things that mattered to us as people. Well, these people, they have more melanin in their skin, so they appear darker than these people who have less melanin, so they appear lighter. Or, let's say on a religious standpoint, when I was to ask her, well, what is this thing that people are talking about, Muslims and Christians and Jews and all these things? What are they? What, why do they matter to anything? She would say, well, everyone's got their own special traditions, traditions that are passed down from family to family. These people celebrate it this way. These people celebrate it and so on and so on. But by giving simple descriptions, not things that categorized people, but things that made people interesting to learn about, like, oh, this person has more melanin. This person uh, wears a hood because fam, it's tradition passed down from uh, a line of whatever. It made humanity something that we can relate to. So instead of being, oh, I'm going to draw a line in the sand, here's black people on one side, here's white people on the other, it was, oh, well, I just met somebody who had more melanin in their skin. I've never seen someone like that before. That's interesting. I wonder if they get sunburned. You know, she gave me categories that weren't things that were based on 
traditions of hundreds of years of prejudice and hundreds of years of misunderstanding that we've had in humanity. Instead, she gave me something that I could relate to. Since I'm a semi-dark-toned person, I found that, oh, so I'm somewhere in between having a lot of melanin and not having a lot of melanin. Since I come from a Muslim and Christian family, I found it interesting that, oh, so Christians have a tradition with Christmas. I like this one with putting up a tree. And Muslims, they have the Ramadan. I'm going to try this one too, because more holidays means more things to celebrate. So in other words, to simplify things down, if we want to end this nonsense of racial biases in America, we have to end this whole thing of categorizing people and forcing kids to learn about the things that end up boring to them, that end up being not useful in modern life. In modern life, we don't need to know why slavery happened. We just need to know how to prevent this kind of stuff. So instead of all the things we don't need to be raising kids with, we need to be raising kids with things they can relate to. There is no such thing as race. There is, here's another human being. There's another human being. They have this color. They have this tradition. They have this kind of music and so on. By raising us blind to that and raising us instead to want to just interact with all the different variations of humanity, it made us have all kinds of friends, all kinds of experiences Instead of, hmm, this is this person's history, that's that person's history. That's the core problem of America these days. Ask any child about black, Mexican, and so on. What are they going to tell you? Well, there's Black History Month, and I learned in school that... California was started by, belonged to Mexico and then the United States. None of that stuff matters. It doesn't teach children what humanity is. But if you simplify things down to things that matter to human beings right now, it makes it easy for children to see that there are no categories. There are no races. There is only things that we interact with. Some of us need sunscreen. Some of us don't need sunscreen. Some of us need a hood on our head because tradition. Some of us don't need a hood on our head and so on. By simplifying things down, just like in the scientific fields. In the scientific fields, you don't learn about there is 20 different versions of dogs, huskies, and pit bulls and chihuahuas, you learn there is a dog. Some of them come in small, some of them come in big. If you want a big dog, well, big dogs come in their furry forms and non-furry forms. And small dogs come in furry forms and non-furry forms and so on. So you simplify things that matter to people instead of names and histories and things that don't, things that end up sparking racial biases. People have racial biases because they fear what they don't understand. So if you make things simple for people to understand, it starts to eliminate a reason to draw borders and boundaries. 
right now, what do people do when they look at black people? Oh, gangs, um, uh, drugs. Well, why don't we talk about, you know what? All the great musicians of all kinds, and then some of them happen to be black, some are Jewish, some are Muslim, some are whatever. Oh, look at all the great artists. And after a while, you realize, oh, they're just humanity with all their different variations. Yeah, Russet, it sounds like you had a very unique way of, of, of being raised. And it's unfortunate that, you know, because what... A lot of what you're saying, I know that uh, some people that might be listening to this might might disagree with, and and you know that's that's perfectly fine. You know, uh, if we all agreed on every single thing, you know, life would be pretty boring. We have to agree on that, I think. Um, exactly. You know, so uh, to some people, they might not agree with what you're saying. I know that you're coming from it with nothing but good intentions. It's it is something that. That is the ideal situation. You know, I've talked to a lot of people on this episode so far, and and we've talked about, uh, you know, this is uh, if a imagine if life could be Disney World. That would be like that's that's the epitome. Like that's 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 what we want. I mean, I would imagine that's what we all want. Just a uniform kind of acceptance of everything, and 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 peace, and and love, and and unfortunately. Whoever created everything that we're you know experiencing and, and 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 living and whatever the creator of all this is, they didn't wire it that way. And it's just you know times like these, I feel like are the 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 moments that bring everybody together. Um, and I know I can speak on this a lot because you know this always mattered to me this this issue of racism, but it took this this particular incident to really hit it home for me and be like all right well if nothing else i have a platform i have a podcast and maybe that's how i can in some slight way help um and your beliefs and what you just said there you know that that's probably ringing true to a lot of people that are listening right now and and um maybe you swayed somebody to but but i understand where you are coming from with it i understand that it's nothing but good intention and and that is that's like that's the 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 g-rated version of life like but unfortunately right now we're living the r-rated version of life and it's it's a messed up time it really is and and uh, I don't know. I'm at a loss of words, you know, just just to try to figure out what to say and, 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 and how to help. And, you know, it sounds like you've got it kind of figured out for yourself. How's it? Um, have you participated in anything in terms of like protesting or, or not at all? I will never participate in the protests only because of how they've turned out to be so unsafe versus their intention was to be a safe, good experience for people to communicate their needs to our local governments. But I started the seeds a long time ago as a former children's martial arts teacher with United Studios of Self-Defense. We used to teach kids that when you're walking down the street, Anybody can be a bad guy. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what they're wearing. So you shouldn't be judging bad guys by what you see, like, oh, someone might be wearing dark glasses, or they might be listening to some strange music, that you should be judging 
danger based on what the scenario is. Is the person carrying a weapon? Does the person look angry and maybe they've got their fists clenched and you may want to stay away from such a person? So we used to teach people to look at the scenario, look at the situation, instead of looking at the person's actual looks. And we started seeing that that was a good thing. When kids would come to us and they would explain what they saw, you started realizing, ah, teaching kids to understand the environment instead of understanding the actual what's in the environment was making a bigger difference than just telling them, oh, if they look like this, they might be bad. Don't talk to someone that looks like that. Because you never know. Somebody wearing dark glasses could just be the nicest person in the world. Somebody who is listening to some awful music you consider awful might just be the sweetest, most wonderful person, while somebody who just looks super kind and innocent could really be a dangerous person. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I do. I definitely understand that. And yeah, the protests, they're, um, you know, they, they have good intentions initially, and then it just takes one person to, to kind of move it all out of whack. And, and then you're down a, down a rabbit hole of, of, uh, more violence. So it's, it's, but if you think about it, even these protests that are violent, a lot of people have been talking on the news about how, well, looting and setting fire to stuff isn't grieving and so on. They're attacking the situation instead of trying to understand the situation. I mean, I'm not saying they're all super innocent and none of them are despicable, vile people. But if you think about it, we're looking at a culmination of so many issues. We're looking at people who have been pent up in their homes for months, people who have literally lost their jobs. And if the economy isn't, it's not just that the economy isn't picking up, but even the economy that's picked up is leaving a lot of people behind now. We're talking about people who have been scared for many years or even all their lives about being judged or being pushed around or being brutally even abused, not just by law, but by other people around them. And the list goes on. So these people, not all of them, but many of them are being aggressive because they're trying to send a message saying, hey, you may be in charge, you may be tough, but can you stop me from doing this and this and that and that? And when we start to put that into account, we start to realize this movement appears out of control. But all of this is not by surprise. We should have seen this coming. Almost like when kids or teenagers rebel, they're not rebelling because they're just scum to the core and, oh, they're teenagers, boys will be boys. It's because their rebellion is a language they're trying to use to state, hey, I've got values and you're not giving me some values. So let me show you what I'm capable of when my emotions are hurt, when nobody is paying attention to my needs. You know what I mean? I do. I do. I don't know, Russet. I don't know. I just, I don't know what, uh, what the future holds, but 
I, um, I do know that I hope that it's, you know, something where it's just a little brighter because I know that wanting nothing but brightness, that's unrealistic. And, uh, it's only going to get trickier as more people take over this world. Right. I mean, what we're at seven, 8 billion people or something like that. It's just, I mean, <laughs> once we get into the double digits, 10 billion, I mean, good Lord, scary, but think of it this way, my friend. You are very right about the fact that the numbers are raising, which can get very alarming when we look at the fact that people already don't get along well. What happens when we add more hands into the mix? Yeah. But I offer you a few words of hope. You see, one of America's biggest issues is we have no unifying culture. We have no unifying really anything. We can't even agree what freedom means. You go to Texas, freedom means one thing. You go to California, freedom means another. Since we can't agree on anything, there's nothing to unify us. While if you look at, let's say, England, England as a nation has an idea of what they are as a people. So does Germany, Iran, Japan, and so on and so on. So it's harder to get people in those nations to suddenly go crazy because they're all unified under some common ideas. And we're starting to see that emerge thanks to the help of the Internet. We're starting to see clusters of people that have unanimous ideas starting to coagulate. They're starting to create, I guess you can say, a virtual nation. People who are agreeing on some subset of ideas that start to unify them. So even those that defy those ideas and say, well, no, this one's better or that one's better, they still have something in common to keep them from completely going out of control. Just like how, you know, uh, our, our constitution says you have the right of free speech. Well, we can all agree that some things we don't want to talk about. We don't want to be naming children Hitler. We don't want to be talking about weird things around other people. Heck, we don't even want to talk about certain things, period. But we still have the underlying concept of a freedom of speech, as in we still have the right to openly express ourselves. So thanks to the Internet, we're starting to bind together a little better and a little better. Look at this movement as not as this is an out-of-control situation, but this is showing what human beings are capable of when we start binding together from all over the country, not as we are all doing this and that, but we are all grouply upset over the way we are being treated. And the more this concept starts to grow, the more America gains a, a stable identity, something that can continue to unite us no matter how many people we keep adding into our world. And the more something unites us, the less and less we are to fracturing like this. Just like look at Europe. Why haven't they fractured since World War II? Because now, over the last many decades, they've had more, more things to unite them. 
even though their traditions and cultures are different, they have things that they can come together with. So we're never going to see a world war of such a scale, or even a war of such a scale. Forget world war. We're never going to see a war of such a scale ever again. It's over. People are starting to unite, saying, hey, my freedoms may be different from your freedoms, but we can all agree on this and this and that and that. And America's starting to get that, too. We still don't have a major culture. We're still Christian, Muslim, um, rappers, rock stars, and so on. But we're starting to form from all the different areas of America a unanimous idea. Look at the Internet. The Internet's a great example. We're starting to come together as artists. It doesn't matter if you're a rapper, a photographer, a rocker, a sculptor. You're an artist. As a community of artists, we look at that as, hey, we all have something unique unique to offer as art. In your case, a podcaster, or, or you can say a radio show host, however you'd like to say it. And it's starting to show. When was the last time we had such a huge civil unrest? All the way back in the 80s slash 90s. And then even before that, it was in the 50s and the 60s. So we're seeing those times of civil unrest get farther and farther apart as we're finding more things to unite us. Meaning these kind of things are slowly going to disappear from the English language. Eventually, we're going to reach a point of a nation where we're like civil unrest. What was that? Oh, those things that our parents had to deal with. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting uh, uh, view on 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 this whole situation, and I hope what you're talking about, uh, Russet, I hope it uh, comes true, and and uh, thank you for it coming. It will come in our time. It will, as long as people like you continue spreading commonality amongst us. In your case, all the commonalities you're spreading about your love of art, your love as in movie art, uh, media art of all kinds, or in this case, the artistry between us as human beings. As long as people like you continue to spread the good message, you get more and more people coming together who believe in the same underlying costs. So we're going to see these changes in our lifetimes, not lifetimes in the future where none of us will get to experience the joy. It's coming little by little, pulling together. We just can't give up. We can't let the darkness get to us. Or I guess you can say, if you look for the light, you'll eventually find it. But if you look for the darkness, that's all you're ever going to see. So keep looking for the light, my friend, and you'll see that light will eventually encompass your entire field of view. That's beautiful, Russet. And on that note, I don't think uh, we can top that. So I'm going to um, I'm going to continue this episode, and I'm going to continue talking to other folks. And it was just a it was a real pleasure to 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 get you back on here and uh, talk for this uh, few minutes that we were able to talk and. Um, I hope uh, I hope everything over in California stays safe for you and 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 uh, everything that we just talked about. I hope it comes true. So thank you for coming on. Since I'm about to get ready for work, I just want you to know it was as always a pleasure to see you, and I hope you stay safe, my friend. You take care. All right, Russ. I'll talk to you later.
Bye. Bye-bye. Ah. Yeah, let's all hope, right? Let's all hope. That's what we're all moving towards. That's what we all want. So um, I actually had scheduled some other ones on here. Um, Josh, uh, Ramon, um, and maybe uh, I think that was it. Um, But this episode has gone on pretty long. So I want to finish this off with the last call. Um, And this one is uh, closer to me than a lot of these other ones because this man is going to soon become part of my family. He is, uh, his name is Willie. And uh, he uh, is engaged to my sister, Danielle. And uh, she is white. He is black. Um, Not that that matters. But uh, just to give you guys some context here. And he did ask to be last on on this episode. So here we go. We're going to talk to Willie. And then we are going to round out this episode. So here we go. Willie? Hello? Yes, what's up, Eddie? What's going on, man? Nothing. Just, uh, oh, I've, uh, I just, uh, passed three hours of doing this podcast. Um, and, uh, just been dialing up everybody. And I know you want it to be last. So you are the last call of, uh, of this episode. And, um, I was giving everyone that's listening a, uh, just a little bit of a back history story of, uh, how I know you and, and uh, the importance of uh, the future that uh, that holds uh, between you and, yeah. and 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 our family, and and uh, letting everyone know that uh, you're engaged to Danielle, who is my sister, and and um, it's it's an exciting time in a time of uh, of uh, of real uncertainty and sadness and and despair, and so I just wanted to. I've asked this to a lot of people on this episode, but how are you specifically processing everything now that we're almost two weeks out from uh, the event that took place? Well, uh, I think for for the most part, it's, it, it's, it's getting better as a whole because when you have an ally to stand up for you, which that's a, that's a different race, and really now seeing that it's 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 reality that they're not just trying to overlook it you know uh but and they still have to think about how how people feel from like being stopped or or not wanting to put their hands behind their back even if you can 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 comply because some people might can't hear it and they can't comply but the guys that 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 can hear and they don't feel like they need to put their hands behind their back because of this things that happened to George Floyd. I mean, he complied completely as we can see. And, um, he's not here, but, uh, only thing that that's going to change that as everyone as a whole, not just burning down buildings, busting stuff up. That's, that's, that's angry. Yeah. That's because of so many years. I mean, Colin Kaepernick tried to explain to you back then 
and they gave a deaf ear. And now it's come to this because no one wants to listen when they're in power. And, 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 and it goes beyond us. You got like the leaders of the community, the governors and, and football commissioners and things like that, 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 that I have a very loud voice and, and it helps LeBron James and all those guys and all those actors and singers, they have to stand up and, and have their counterpart help also because we can't do it without a counterpart. It's just, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's, um, I was talking to, uh, it was at the beginning of the episode and I had uh, a friend of mine, her name's Michaela and, um, she is, she is black. And, uh, when she was talking to me, she said something that towards the end of the conversation, she said, if you have anybody that is, that is male and that is black on this episode, ask them this and see what they say. And she was talking about when she, cause she has a son who I think is like six or seven. And, uh, she, she told me that she has a list of do's and don'ts that she's already told him about how you should interact and not interact with, with a police officer. And I told her I had never heard of this. I like, I didn't know this was a thing. And she said, if you have somebody on that, ask them and, 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 and see if they say yes, I would be surprised if they said no. And so is that something that when you were growing up, is that something that you were taught do's and don'ts? Absolutely. And, 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 and Eddie, it's because of what went on before me, what went on, what happened to my parents and their parents. So it's almost like painting a police officer from ever since I can barely speak really, because he's really not there to protect and serve me. Like when the stuff was going on in the sixties and stuff like that. Yeah, that affected a lot of a lot of black people. So when they came to so especially in the South when they had the uh the, the Ku Klux Klan and people don't know a Ku Klux Klan was a fraternity. It wasn't really a racist thing. They had some racist guys got into the fraternity and then they changed it to the Ku Klux Klan. But uh yeah, we was taught they're not there to really help you. And that's because of the police brutality and the fire holes on the people. And it's a lot of history back then. And it, for, it's just, that's what we were taught, plain and simple. And see, this, this affects me because, you know, I mean, it, it, it's always been something that I've been like, 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 obviously, I mean, I know I'm a good person. So I know that when I see something like this happen, I know that I feel, I feel awful. I feel bad. I feel like I want to do something, but for some reason, this particular incident did something to me where it was like, all right, I got to do something because, um, you know, I have, you know, and I have, a family member who, and I'm talking about Michaela, I'm talking, she, you know, what is, what is her life going to be like growing up? You know, she's, you know, it, 
that's the stuff that that I think about now. And and you know, I'm sure you think about it now, especially since you're engaged to to Danny and and you want the best for Michaela and 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 what's it going to be like? Like do you think it's ever going to be any better or is it just always going to be what it is now? I mean, you ha- I mean, you have to you have to give people the benefit of the doubt. I mean, it's been going on for over 400 years. I mean, it, 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 I mean, I, people change, things change. The biggest key is education and truth. Bottom line, you have to educate with the truth, not educate with false or reiterated stuff. So, for Michaela, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried because It's like it, you get crazy people. I mean, you say you were you was affected by for, for the George Floyd thing. It affected me bad because this guy literally got out of the car. They put handcuffs on him. He allowed them to. He walked with these officers a block up, and then he was under a car pleading. And the officer knew him. He worked beside him in the, in the, um at a security at a nightclub in the security guard. So whatever personal vendetta he had, he wanted to kill this guy, or he was scared to get up off him because he already knew he had him had made a mistake. So we, I'm gonna give him some kind of benefit. Now I'm not saying that I'm I feel sorry for him. I'm not saying that he didn't kill him on purpose. He killed him. However, I'm saying that maybe he was scared to get off, get up off of him at one point because everybody was going to jump on him. I don't know. I did but not. I, just, I did not uh, know that. That so you're saying that the main guy that was kneeling on his neck, he actually had known about George Floyd. He knew George Floyd because him and George Floyd worked at a nightclub together two years prior. Wow. I did not so, know that. Yeah. And whatever personal vendetta he had against him, because they interviewed the nightclub owner, and she said when she saw the tape, it hurt her very badly because why is she doing? Why is he doing this to George? Because they know each other. They work at my nightclub. That was her statement to the police. Wow. That uh, so, that. Uh... It doesn't change anything, but it just adds a, I don't know, it adds something to it now because I don't know if it makes it worse or that, that, that he did know him and, and then did this. I think it might, I think it might. It's not the fact that he, he had no clue who this guy was. He actually knew this guy and, and then he did this. And then, like you said, where Maybe he realized, okay, yes, this is this has gone too far, but I've already gone this far, so no matter what I do next, it's not going to be good. Exactly. I mean, I'm not, I'm not. What I'm, I'm not trying to justify anything that he did to George. I'm not trying to do that. But what I am saying is, he knew George. So, and 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 for whatever reason. He held George down because I could for whatever reason. I don't know. You probably pissed me off and I never got back at you. 
and I'm doing this because I can. And it said that the police, the other officer, said, do you want to turn him on his side? He was like, no, he's fine right now, right the way he is. We got him. And then that's when the officer failed his post and said, I don't have a post. And it was, oh, shit. What do we do next? Wow. Yeah, and I'm not, uh, trust me, I'm not justifying what um, whatever that guy's name is either, the, the main officer. Um, yeah. It's, you know... I've talked a lot about this with the guests and I'm just curious what your, what your view is, is how is, how can anyone defend these officers? Because they're going to get people that are, you know, in court, they're going to defend them. How can you defend that? You know, it's, I mean, to be totally honest, it's the system. And I'm going to tell you why I say it's the system. I just saw something the other day when Mayor Durkin lost his second term to Giuliani. And Mayor Giuliani wanted to stop the crime in New York City. They shot a African male, black male, 22 years old from Guinea, West Africa, 41 times, four white officers, 41 times he was at his apartment door. They never convicted those guys. So you asked me that question, and I said, it's the system. They do what they want to do when they want to do it. I'm, it's, it's, I mean, I, I have sad to say, but that's, it's just the system. Yeah. Because if they want to stop this, if they really want to stop this, they can. Don't you really think that if, 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 Whoever was the hierarchy, because they could stop it. They could stop it. The president could say, "Hey, listen, this is what I want. If they do this, I don't. They don't. They don't have a job." I think that they can stop it through legislation or something. It, it's and they can. They need to do it fast. Yeah, That's yeah. It, it just blows my mind that they that they even get a that they even get a day in court. It's just you know. I don't know. I'm I'm clearly not educated in that field because I've never done my research, but it just seems like there's a clear example of when something shouldn't be given any kind of uh, second chance. And that's what they're going to, and essentially that's what that is. When you give these four officers a courtroom appearance, to me, that means, all right, here's your second chance. You're not, uh, you're not necessarily in trouble just yet. And that's wrong, in my opinion, because it's it just, I don't know. It, to me, it signif- like, it, like, like it signifies, all right, well, you know, go ahead and try and do something horrible and you'll get a second chance. You'll get a second chance, even though you did something horrible, you, you took a life or you took multiple lives. You know, there's, there's clear cut video evidence of, of this event. And audio as well. Audio as well. Exactly. Oh. And, yeah. I don't think that, I mean, they're going to have their day in court, of course, but the chance that they're going to be able to pull up is going to be vague and weak for the simple fact they have a lot of audio. They have a lot of video. They have the other officer asking the officer that's kneeling, should we turn him on the side? Should we do this? And, 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 and both times, his rebuttal was no. So... He he has no one but self to blame. I think they need to give him a murder one, 
that's just me, not the two or the three, because the, the two is only 15 years, you know. Uh, I could see if he was, I mean, I just think he should get it, like get the whole kitten and caboodle because he kneeled on this guy for however many minutes, and he knew. I mean, that's his job to stay uh, calm. He's supposed to protect and serve. I know things happen, but uh, you, you, there's. I don't see he had. They have no win. And the guys that were around him, I think they should get the fifteen. And the guys that were kneeling on him should get the life. That's just what I think because they ate it and abetted this guy. It was two or three of them. Of course, they could pull him off if they really wanted to. But they were thinking about what society and the rest of the people in the world are going to say. Yeah. Lo and behold, they would have been a hero. They just don't know that. Isn't that that's the that's I mean this is this is all sad, but that's a that, like that's something sad to like when you watch that video and 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 you see that that one officer, the the towel guy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just like as I'm as I'm watching it, I'm just thinking, dude, just all you have to do is walk over to the the Derek guy. And pull them off, and literally, mm-hmm. you you change everything. And he didn't. And I don't know. You know my mom. She's uh she like like like, like this is something that uh, she firmly believes in. She would she, if 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 I were to talk to her about this, she would be like, well, then what needs to happen is that officer that kneeled on his neck. He needs to have someone kneel on his neck, and that's what needs to happen. And. Do you- do you really think that's what mom would say? Uh, I've heard her say it. Like, not about this. Ah. Not like, 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 not about this in particular, but I do know that she has said, like, whatever you do to someone that causes, you know, if it's death, then obviously, you know, that should be your punishment. You should have that exact same thing done to you. And I don't necessarily agree with that because that's, like, that's rocky territory getting into that. It's like, where, do, where does humanity, like, lose its humanity? And... Um, so I don't have the answers for that. I don't know if death penalty is the way to go or life in prison is the way to go. I mean, they all have their pros and cons. Um, well, can I ask you a question then? Go ahead. So you don't believe in an eye for an eye? Uh, it's tricky, right? I mean, yeah, it is. it's, I mean, it is tricky. I mean, look, I, I want nothing but justice for George Floyd. I do want that. And, if that means that other people decide death penalty, okay, that's out. Like that wasn't my call, so that's what they decided. That's what's happening. If they say life in prison, that's what's happening. Great. Again, they have pros and cons. The pros, I guess, in life in prison is okay. Well, we didn't lose our humanity as people and kill another human, you know. And well, see, I, and I, I, I really, Eddie, I, I, I feel your point and I agree with you as well. But I, I just, I don't want to be the one or be on any kind of board to say kill another human. You know what I mean? Really? But do you believe in an eye for an eye? At one point in my life, I did, and I still do under some certain circumstances. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a situation by situation yeah. kind of thing. It's a tricky one, like you said. It, it, it is. Uh, but I personally, I for Michaela, I for 
all the kids that are that are black and brown. I I feel for that that if they don't act accordingly, they could die within seconds. Yeah. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's all it's all messed up, and 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 I don't know what the the clear cut answer is, but uh, I do know that doing this, what you and I are doing right now, and or I, I don't know, but I I hope that it's something. I hope that it's a building block towards that future that everybody wants, and so I just. I really appreciate that you that you wanted to come on here, that you felt comfortable coming on here talking. Um, you know, I I do know you in in real life, and you know you're a you're a great guy. Like I can just tell that because you know you're for for, for everyone listening uh, when whenever the wedding is because uh, this whole COVID nineteen thing. I don't know how that's affecting the wedding, but uh, you know Willie asked me he was like you know uh i just want to make sure you're comfortable that like when it's all the guys together for the um what is that called the the bachelor thing right yeah okay yeah um like when we're all together you're not going to feel uncomfortable so i mean just like that alone just spoke volumes in terms of who you are and and i'm excited for the future of you being uh you know part of the family and and um yeah man i just uh yeah means a lot. So thank you for coming on here and, and, sh- and, and sharing your voice. Yes. Thanks for having me, Eddie. And, uh, anytime, brother. All right. I'll see you soon. All right. All right, bro. All right. Talk to you later. All right. <sighs> Willie, Willie, Willie. I call him big Willie, like a uh, Will Smith, big Willie style. Um, love that guy. Seriously. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. I've gotten to know him and, and, uh, he's a good pick. He's a good pick for, uh, for my sister. So, all right, everybody, we've, uh, I think we set a record here in terms of longest episode of Eddie Green's 101. And, uh, we're going to round it out now with one more song. Uh, we're not going to play the entire song. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's telling of, of what, of what I want, of what everybody wants. And, um, so I'm going to end it here. I'm going to play this part of the song and, um, that's it. So I hope, uh, I hope this episode did something for you. And, you know, I hope, uh, if there was something in there that offended you, I hope, um, it just, uh, inspires you to want to, continue the the conversation because I can, I can honestly tell you that every person, myself included, that was featured in this episode was coming at it with nothing but good intentions. So, um, nothing malicious. So thank you. Thank you everybody. Sorry for listening. Um, this episode is for George Floyd and for the countless others that there's just too many to name but that you heard a few of the other names throughout the episode. This episode is dedicated uh, to them.
what you get.